This goes without saying, but the following is obviously a parody and is meant in good fun, at least for myself, but I hope for everyone. Enjoy. Incoming pitch, spin rate of 2,500 RPM, 95.6 miles per hour. Uh, adjusting swing, 12 degrees. Proceed with launch angle. And welcome to another episode of the Launch Angle Podcast. I am your host, Rob Robbie D, the Deadpool hitter. Um, I'm here with another episode with um, Jeff Zimmerman and Rob Silver. You can find them on the X Machine, Jeff Zimmerman's at Jeff W. Zimmerman, if you have not been blocked by him, and you got Rob Silver. Now, as usual, we're going to jump into some of uh, Jeff's mining the opinions, and we're going to talk about his... Um, his six-man rotation in, for the Dodgers. And, uh, yeah. And um, we'll talk to Rob Silver about some, I don't know, Joey Votto stuff probably. Um, and then um, we'll talk, um, yeah, we'll talk some ADP movements, some ADP segments or um, just a segment of ADP. And, um, yeah, just I'll, t- I'll tell you who we're going to talk about. We're gonna, we'll talk about some T. Oscar Hernandez. Um, some Jorge Soler, some Charlie Morton, um, Jinjin Ryu, um, um, Glaber Toys, uh, Brian Reynolds, um, Nick Lodolo, Hunter Green, um, some CJ Abrams, Gunnar Henderson. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Aaron Judge, and I think we mentioned, um, we mentioned Mason Miller once. Um, um, Robert Suarez, Yuki Matsui, Yoshida, um, Yudavish, um, uh, who else, who else did we talk about? I want to list everyone here. Um, we talked about, um, uh, George Springer, Jose Barrios, um, Bryson Stott, Andres Jimenez, um, more players. Um, J.P. Crawford, we got into Zach Nato, Matt Chapman, Josh Bell, Jose Abreu, um, Robert Stevenson. Yeah, you know Robert Stevenson. Um, Jared Kalenic, um He's a dud. Um, uh, talked about uh, Tyler O'Neill um, and. Uh, yeah, lots of other players. Um, yeah, stay t- but uh, stay tuned for this uh, little short uh, advertisement. Hold on one sec. Okay, I'm going to stop you in your tracks right now and talk about Gut Greens. Gut Greens, G-U-T-G-R-E-E-N-S. And uh, it's gutgreens.com. My friend um, developed these pills. They're basically like if you don't like vegetables but you want a healthy gut, you just swallow these pills. It's called Gut Greens. And uh, you get a 10% uh, discount if you uh, sign up with the promo code Deadpool Hitter. I know a lot of you in fantasy land would probably be a target market for this. So, yeah, go to the website and, you know, check it out. Next, I want to talk to you about the Champions League. And there's Champion League qualifiers. So if you want to sign up for that just uh, or have any questions, you can DM me at Deadpool Hitter. Um, and I can answer any questions you want about that. But what I will say about it just briefly is um, it's um, 
a three league, you enter three leagues and the top 15 people um, with their combined scores from the three rotisserie leagues move on to a an auction next year in 2025 or 2525 drafts. You have to be in Las Vegas. And um, the three leagues are, one is a $350 OC, another is a $150 draft champions, which is a 50 round draft with no fab. And then there is, of course, a $1,750 main event. Um, There's no discount for these. You can only enter once, but what you do get is you get a chance to pay an extra $250 to enter this side pot. Um, And then uh, there's prize pools. The prize pool for that is, um, is how do you say it's uh, there's no rake on that, which is good. Um, but you can only enter once and you have to um, you have to declare your CLQ before you enter the league and before KDS runs. KDS is the Kentucky Derby style um, um, draft slot preference uh, mechanism. So yeah, um, enter your um, CLQ. We got, uh, I think, about 70 or 80 people entered already. And um, it should be good. So it's a Toby's brainchild. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, something I wanted to mention, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think you should enter it. Okay, well, next is the, the Patreon. we got um, several different tiers of membership. Um, if you haven't already subscribed, you should. You get um, a discount if you sign up now. And um, there's several tiers. You get the Maddie Modica Pitching Pod in the upper echelons, and you also get access to player breakdowns, um, Several different podcasts. Um, every other launch angle, you get Jeff Zimmerman and Rob Silver every other time. Um, and um, an, an awesome Discord. Um, people in that Discord include um, Yancey Eaton and um, Joe McHugh. Um, so many and so many others. Um, just sharing information. It's fantastic. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you should sign up for the Discord and the Patreon. Um, and um, we're almost, yeah, we're almost into this Lounge Angle podcast um, that we, we recorded um, previously. So um, sit back, put your seatbelt on, and um, enjoy. And one last thing, um, if you give the show a rating and review, uh, Jeff and Rob would really appreciate that. It goes a long way. Um, just uh, if you have any questions, please email me. At, um, or email the show at Launch Angle. Um, I think there's an email that was set up already. And um, yeah, let's um, see what um, Rob and Jeff have to say, what they're, what they're up to. Um, like I said, this is every other week. So um, again, buckle up, enjoy the show. Here's the pitch. Uh, And welcome to the Launch Angle Podcast here. I'm here with um, Rob Silver, and it uh, looks like Jeff Zimmerman has um, a bunch of women in the background here. It looks like they have Waffle House uniforms on. Um, I'm guessing you went to the Waffle House um, recently. Um, you doing okay there? I'm doing fine. I'm happy that my little chicks that I got about a week ago were all making it through. Jeff, I can see them. They don't They don't look happy. They do you have them on iPads? Nah, you don't have all the 
Waffle House waitress is mining the news for you? Is that is that how you do it? Like, they don't, they look uncomfortable. Usually, like, this first week's, like, the worst time after that. They become just kind of, just getting a routine, so. Jesus, how many, how many waitresses did you bring back? Two dozen of them, and that's kind of, I just had to kind of watch them here for, like, the last week or so. Jeff, you know, we have female listeners. I don't think you should refer to the 12 women you've brought home with you over the last week as chicks. Uh, some women find that term derogatory. Uh, uh, what you and those 12 women are into uh, at your house uh, is between you and them. But I, I think you should find a different term for them. We live very different. We live very different lives, you and me, Jeff, uh, as we have established over the years. Rob, you're really pissing me off here. Your fucking voice. It, can you sound any more like the male version of Fran Drescher? My nasally, chewy vo uh, Canadian voice uh, is, is in your brain. All right, Rob, relax. Um, Jeff, like, are they doing good work at least? Are you, are you happy with them? Yeah, it's... Um, I'm happy we're getting closer to getting the process out. It's kind of been slow. I was yes. last week, but it's... We're getting through the editing. It's just one of those deals that I, I actually got. Uh, when we're done here, I've got to get a mining the news out, which there hasn't been too much. Well, Jeff, you know, if there's no news, you can just um, search like athletic writers and see what they think's going to happen. So, I know it's their opinion, but you can mine the opinions too. Like, um, Rob, what do you think? Would you like if you were if you were Jeff? Would would you do that? I'm such a I'm such a perfectionist. I wouldn't put out a substandard uh, product. Uh, people expect uh, the best for me, so that's what they're going to get. Hey, Rob, you know that Jeff won't try the gut greens. He just loves meat. You should explain to him like all the dangers of of the meat. You should. He got he's got the promo code. Tell him to tell him to buy some gut greens. If you're a, like a, a processed meat company, and they catch one case of listeriosis or like spoiled meat that you were selling you don't get to say i think we only sold one package of bad meat so we've pulled that one package of bad meat but we're pretty confident all the rest of the meat that we're selling is good you need to recall all your meat you need to investigate why uh there was listeriosis in the meat you need to go through all the processes to make sure it never happens again you need to send refunds to moms who are serving their kids the processed meats if you ever want them to trust the meat again uh, so it's a big problem. So Jeff, you still planning on ordering all those Big Macs for the Waffle House waitresses over there? Or... It's fine. I think as we talked earlier, it's like, I think all of us had like relaxing plans 12 hours ago and those plans all went to hell. Well, Rob and Jeff, um, I do appreciate you um, taking the time to join me and recording these uh, Launchingo podcasts. Um, and just a reminder, every other one is on the Patreon. So um, I will just plug it one more time. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon and you will get um, the um, alternating episodes also on there. Right? Right, Rob? You, you don't show up, you don't get paid. Like You're not running a fucking charity over here, uh, <laughs> Rob, for these people. Okay, Rob, you don't have to be so brash about it. We're trying to get people to join. I don't think that's going to help too much, but let's just shift gears. Let's talk about the Champions, League, Champions Leagues. Very excited about it. NFBC has been fantastic with this and helping us, um, you know, gain traction and get people to join, right? Let's say in a hypothetical world, Rob and Phil and all 
Jeff, this isn't funny. Uh, pitch the NFBC, and, and they'll agree to anything that, that Phil pitches them at this point, apparently, uh, format-wise. Come on, Rob. These are legit. I'm, I'm doing my CLQ right now. You should join. Did you, did you do one of their, like, mock drafts? They're not mock drafts. They play them out. You didn't, yeah, you didn't, didn't, you didn't even draft. draft. Ah, sheesh. This is not going as I planned. Um, yeah, just, just hit the saxophone. All right, well, uh, we should really get into the episode here. Uh, I know we spent a lot of time promoing stuff and um, pitching products, but, um, well, Rob, Rob, you wrote for the FDN draft guide, right? Do you want to just, um, like, I think your piece is really good, right? Uh, it's a great uh, guide. I'm not saying my piece is, uh, is anything special, but the, the overall guide, if you're not, as, I can't believe that you'd listen to this podcast and not already be subscribed for Vlad's uh, free agent column and, and everything else and, uh, and Maddie's work and everybody's uh, great work uh, over at uh, Fade the Noise. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the, the baseball guide is something if you're looking to get your juices going for the baseball season. You're not like Rob and I have already done 48 drafts. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's pretty good. I thought the Gladiator article that came out like after the Gladiator was sold out anyways. Uh, do you want to hear about my morning? I got so drunk last night. Oh, geez, that can't go well. No, Rob, it did not go well. So I had a smoothie last night and I left the juicer on my end table. So still drunk. I still drunk this morning. And um, I don't know why. I just took a piss in the juicer. Uh, I guess I guess you know what you're getting for Christmas now, friend. <laughs> juicer. Hey, I just call it freshly squeezed juice. I ain't lying. You know what I mean, Jeff? <laughs> okay, okay, relax. It, it wasn't that funny. It's just a just a little joke here. Do you uh, do you make you make freshly squeezed juice every single morning? What's your what's your go to uh, concoction? Like what what do you put in? I don't know. I guess like whatever I drank the night before. Assume you have everything. So you've gone to the grocery store. You have, you have yep. every every potential ingredient uh, that, that you would ever use. Uh, I don't know why you're taking this so literally, but I would like to move on with the show now. What is your perfect, your, your like platonic ideal, the perfect uh, freshly squeezed juice to start a day with? Oh, and a new diet, anti-inflammatory diet. Well, that's huge. Good for him to finally do that. Okay. Beets, apples, oranges, carrots, ginger, pineapples, turmeric, half a lemon, some oyster juice, good ratio of fruits to veggies, um, red Gatorade, actually. Anything red is um, has anti-inflammatory properties, um, and the turmeric and ginger are great for the malaria going around uh, during the winter. I'm a grown-up. If somebody put a gun to my head and put beets in my mouth, I'm sure they're delicious and I'm fine and I get over it. But it is the only food I will not eat. Okay, forget the forget the gun. What if I told you Joey Votto sitting next to you in a Toronto Blue Jays uniform, the big spoon full of beets? What would you do? Well, I, I, this is like like saying I wish uh, Marco Robbie was sitting next to me. I wish. You- Oh boy, looks like it's getting hot up there in Canada, eh, Jeff? Someone with Silver's weather, Canada cold crap. Just to a certain level of cold, just everything just starts breaking. I'm just like hoping my pipes just don't freeze and break. 
hey, well, if, you, if your pipes break, you, you got that Paul Sporer uh, pitcher ranking uh, Fangraph cash. I hear that he uh, keeps the lights on there. Uh, they call him uh, they call him Daddy Fangraphs. Is we would they draw a ton of views? Like they pay the bills. There's nothing against. I mean, there's no way to look at it. Spores like pitcher rankings will probably outperform. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Before you say what it will outperform. Have you seen those rankings? Maybe you want to rephrase that. It will might will probably be the highest viewed article at Fangraphs, even like the trade wow. ones, because everyone just keeps coming back to it. So, Jeff, how do you um, go about changing like Paul's rankings without him knowing? The way we did it this year was pretty good. Where we just they have it set easy for us to go back in and make changes. Um, they took a lot of work on the back end. Shit, last year you gave Paul full access to do rankings without anyone having access to change it around afterwards? That was kind of some of our issues, was like all this stuff wasn't changing and it was really hard to do, and they simplified it. Shit. So at least this year, like, he's sort of, wor- he's sort of working in pilot mode and um, basically in a dummy system, and somebody else is um, just changing around the rankings, like, you know what I mean? And so at least for us, it's just, oh... Jordan Hicks is now going to start or whatever. And Paul just has to go in and kind of figure out where he wants to put him and everything else will update. Yeah, Jeff, you were saying that they found that he had ranked uh, Logan Allen on the guardians over um, Emmett Sheehan. Now, like, I'm not sure if you corrected that, but like, how, how are we sure there's, there's no other issues that you guys haven't found? If you found that one issue. It's like, there is no way in the time that they found that they could verify that there was no other issues. So I think that that was kind of, cause it looks bad if you do find any more, or if someone else finds another one, I mean, anyone that's been involved with the person, the competitor is probably going to go back and look in their leagues and see what it is. And if they find one, any kind of discrepancy, it's going to come forward. So, now rob you've been known to and i quote um poo poo um prospects what are your thoughts on jordan walker because um he's moving up boards this year basically a league average hitter and nobody talks about that uh, it's like Jordan Walker is very disappointing because that's not who I saw in spring training. He was going to be awesome. And that's not what the prospect uh, horse said he was going to be. They said he was going to be awesome. Whoa, 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 Rob, slow down, slow down. You're being hypocritical here. You're just giving Jeff a hard time for saying the word chick. Now you're using the word whore. Like, come on, like Jeff, get a load of this free hole, right? Like, are, are you going to take this? I'm kind of more like a strikeout whore. I just kind of like my strikeouts and, Jeff, are you serious right now, you meatball? Anyways, Rob, are you drafting Jordan Walker if you're in a draft right now? Let's get let's get this straight right now. Let's get it on the record. Uh, as of today, this can change. So fucking Zach uh, bookmarks this and comes back at me after I draft him in March. World can change. Um, I want to hear this. Uh, oh, yeah, he has to pay for this. Oh, I can say whatever I want about Zach right now, can't I, in all of his <laughs> many characters. Uh, Once you find out a way to pay for it, uh, listen. It's possible he has which, fake which, accounts with which, fake visas. Which I wouldn't, yeah, 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 which I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, Rob, what day is today? 
think this is this is the free pod. This isn't the Patreon pod. Shit. We gotta stop this. We gotta cut this. Just hit the saxophone. Hit the saxophone. Sac Van. Van. You're not ho- you you got one job is to do the saxophone. Okay? You're not hosting anymore. No, I'm not a diva. You're not the host anymore. Just you have one job. Hit the saxophone. And this was a time we needed the saxophone, okay? All right. Guilds, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? Wanted to have you on and uh, chat. I don't want to amplify it, but at the same time, I think people want to um, voice their opinions on it. So I'll give you the floor here for a second and um, let you start off. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, you saw the latest, the second instance that was just tweeted about too. Like, so this is bad. I mean, this is really, really bad. I don't know. I mean, I, I they'd have to pause everything right now. They got to let this thing play out. They got to investigate this. They cannot be having folks put money onto this site right now. <laughs> um it's unfortunate, man. I mean, this this is going to torpedo into something really bad, I think, for them. And well, yeah, the yeah. Same we, we just um, this is a, it's a sunk cost, though. So, like, what's done is done. And do you, do you trust Greg and Tom going forward? I mean, of course, I trust them. You just don't know. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen to to them right now. I mean, there's a lot of damage that could still be done. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's that crazy that to say that they might not even have a season. You know it's, what I mean? I, everything's everything's on the table right now. Um, we don't know how how you, far you, you, how you, deep this goes. Yeah, right. So, like, we know of a couple instances of, I guess, call it inappropriateness. Well, for uh, as a euphemism, euphemism but um, in the NFPC. Um, now you know, obviously, Greg and Tom run the show, and I'd say we, in general, um, I think you alluded to trusting them. Uh, you also play on the FFPC, right? Yes. Yep. Do you trust them? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I think do the know, one thing you know, too, you know who you know who runs it. Like, are you familiar with? Yeah. Them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know them personally at all, but I mean, it, they've had their issues in the past too. Like, they're, you know, they ran into certain stuff too. Nothing to my knowledge like this i mean this this trumps anything i've seen over there but right. um the thing with greg yeah i mean definitely trust him and tom 100 percent. like you know we all know they had nothing to do with this but at the same time you know i'm hearing a lot of people say like uh you know we trust them this nothing this wasn't their fault i mean the guys overseeing this company you know there's millions of dollars being funneled through this site you have to have all those controls in place. You know what I mean? You can't, you know, you can't let something like this happen. So, I mean, yes, you know, he had no idea, but at the same time, you're the man in charge, you know, you have to take some accountability there. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate to say that, but, you know, look at any other line of business. You know what I mean? If you have an employee under you, you know, that does some shady dealings or, or fraud, you know, guess who's going down also? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not going down, but at least who's accountable for it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there should have been these safety controls in place. There shouldn't be one guy that had was running 
shop like this. I mean, there should have been a team of people that oversaw any any kind of transactions like this. So, I mean, I think the good news is if they get past this, they're going to obviously change a lot of those security features and the way they, you know, they handle business, you would think at least. So, yeah, I think but, it's uh, going to be, um, it's sort of like um mom and pop shop. Right, um, exactly. Like a mom and yep. pop shop, but it's a multi-million dollar company. The internal controls, um, I don't know, I'm just I'm imagining uh, weren't robust. And um, people, there was a lack of segregation of duties, obviously, um, and double checks. So um, that's what it was. Now, going forward, that's going to probably add to your compliance fees, and it's going to probably potentially increase your rate, which, are, which is okay, because you, you get what you pay for. Um, yeah. At the same time, um, we have a certain degree of faith in, not faith, faith is a bad word, but trust in uh, trust. Uh, yeah. what it's going to be like going forward. And how is it any different than any other site? There's all, with, with human beings, there's always a potential for greed when there's money involved. And um, really, I don't see it like he, I played online poker. You never completely trust that. You're, 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 you're blind to certain things as a player. Um, and you have to have a certain degree of, of trust in these sites. And from my point of view, it's like, okay, they're going to, like, yeah, you know what? Shit happened. Shit did happen. People people got fucked. No way around that, but let's go forward. Yeah. And what, you know, what, are, what are the people, there's so much history on the NFBC. What, what are you going to do? You, these guys are going to, they're going to complain a bit and then they're still going to play in NFBC. They're not going to quote a fucking CBS or fan track. That, that's shit. It's no, there's no history there. Uh, the sites, the sites aren't even close to as good. So I, come on. Yeah. The, uh, the one argument though, that this guy hasn't won it, you know, he, he's been a disaster. He's punting money. I mean, that doesn't really hold water, especially like in these overall contests. I mean, one move you make might be the team that otherwise would have made the champ rounds. And then they had access to that $150,000. So there's like damages that are basically they're blocking teams out, even though they're he's not winning anything. You got to look at the collateral damage. You know what I mean? So there's, there's lost opportunity there where people aren't realizing like, okay, he didn't win anything. But, you know, some of these moves he made could have affected other teams from not winning also. So it's like a, a trickle down effect. And this is going to go. I mean, you know, this is this is far from over. I, I really think they they need to pause everything and just get a third party in there. And maybe they did already. They need a thorough, thorough. I mean, this guy was. I'm in, sure they, many, I, I would imagine they will. I mean, how many leagues? This guy goes back to like years ago, right? Playing like crazy amount of leagues. You know what? Like, I don't want to like. I want to believe it's a one-off um, instance, and we know already it, it seems like it's not. Um, but we really don't know what the most. Like, I I find it very hard to talk about knowing the parties involved well and not knowing the motivation behind it, not knowing the circumstances around it. People are making a lot of assumptions, and then they're assuming the worst, and it which. Sure. It kind of makes sense, but like, I think it's just, the, it's, it's just the unknown. You know, maybe it is, we found another one. Maybe it's, you know, six or seven total and it's really not crazy what bad, I, but it could be enormously bad. You know what I mean? It's just, there's there's a whole range yeah. of outcomes that we just I found, an OC, I found an OC that I was in with him and I finished in second. He was in first. So it's like, uh, you can't help but to think, like, what if, like, what's going on? And I started looking at, this is what I wanted to talk to. I wanted to ask you, Gills. That's something that I've, I've been heard brought up before. Football is one thing. Football is obviously for like 
it's simple. Like anyone can do fantasy football, right? Mm -hmm. But fantasy baseball, it's like a little bit harder to like jockey up. You have to be a little bit more um, sophisticated. Um, yeah. But when I'm looking at fantasy baseball, I'm looking at his teams and I haven't started to do this yet. So I just started looking at the one and he was very high in ratios. So I'm like, how would be, what would be the, be the best way to cheat in baseball? That would be with your ratios, I think, to, to take out the blow up pitchers. And I'm looking at, I looked at two of the leagues with him so far and his, his ERA and whip, like the, in the one league I was in with him in 2021, it's just like, he has an unreal ERA and whip. And I remember being in that league, I'm like, man, this Willis guy just is like, like I, I don't remember what I'm like, I thought I had a good team and I finished in second. I'm like, this guy, he finished with over hundred points in a 12 team. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. not, I'm not making any accusations, but it's something that that's what I'm interested to look at because there's no, um, it would be circumstantial evidence for sure. Circumstantial for sure. But I'd like to look at the ratios of all his teams and see how sustainable those ratios are. Yeah. And I've thought about this too. It's like, it's possible, you know, they try to, to do little things in baseball here or there, whether it's, you know, waiver wire stuff or, or you know, lineup locks, you know, kind of the same shit he's been doing in football. But if you're going to ask me right now, football is far, far, uh, easier to manipulate and, oh, and try to cheat, and I mean, it's not even. You know what I mean? Like that. that the last, the last move he plugged in Tyler Lockett. I, I went and checked the game logs. He put, put in Tyler Lockett. This is after the game. He put up 18 points, and I think uh, who did he bench? I can't even remember who he benched. Was it? Um, oh, it was Addison. Addison who put up like one or two points. I mean, so I mean that's a 17 point swing, and you know fantasy football that that's major major swing in, in a week score. So just one move like that is going to impact your week, you know, far more than anything you can do in, in the baseball side of the world. So, I mean, that's yeah. the real, and, and Gil, I just, you know, just before you go on a little bit more, I know Bjorn is here and he wants to say something, but I just wanted to introduce that. You sort of, uh, you sort of hijacked the podcast a bit guilds. I don't know if you know, Seth Trackman and Christopher, Christopher Reed here. Chris was on the show last time, but you guys can say whatever you guys don't have to be quiet. You guys are here too. So I'll introduce you guys. Uh, Seth is at, at Seth Roto on Twitter. And then uh, Christopher Reed's at Hick something. I don't know. Uh, can't remember the rest of it, but I don't know if you care about people finding you, but these guys are here, but you guys can chime in and and and, and, uh, and add to the conversation. I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, if something like this happened, they could probably, you know, get past it a little easier. There's so many new people playing this game. There's so much more money at stake. It's just, I mean... You see Twitter, man. I mean, it, it's blowing up right now. Like, they need answers. We want answers. And, I, you know, I'm there, too. I, I want to know how, you know, how deep this does go. And I've been playing a bunch of leagues with this guy, especially, you know, on the football side. I was looking before. He was in a bunch of the OCs. So. 67 OCs. I, I've been in a ton of leagues with him. And, and you just wonder. I mean, we could have been in a league where, you know, he did something shady and knocked us out. Or, you know, it's just – that's the kind of stuff we have no idea. We're not. I, I mean, hope, if I, said, I hope it's. I hope it's not um, pervasive. But yeah, and and I really having said all that. I really honestly, I'll be pretty shocked if there was a lot of baseball cheating going on. I, I think maybe the lineup lock thing here and there. I mean, like you were saying too. I mean, it's hard to manipulate any kind of cheating when. But, I mean, just but, like, is it hard to manipulate? Do you know how the software works? What is preventing Derek from changing some guy's whip? from a 1.2 to a 1.15 you'd have to go through and you'd have to check every single stat you don't know what powers he has 
That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Like, like <laughs> the amount of cheating. I, I mean, Greg and how he said it's a one-time thing. He's doing these all-cap crazy rants on the forum. Reminds me of the sort of naivety that my parents had with my brother's drug addiction and my alcohol. You know, he wants to believe whatever Derek tells him, but man, you know, whatever demons Derek has, you, you, Greg should not be trusting a single word that he says. And like, Zach, I'm here what you're saying about like, I know him personally and I'm friends with him. And like, at the end of the day, the only person that we know is ourselves. You know, one of my best friends was married for 20 years and he has two kids and he was just fucking some chick in a parking lot. And now his family's destroyed. You know, that wasn't his wife. You don't know anyone. You only know yourself. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but to say it's hard to cheat in baseball, it, it we have no idea what I, sort of powers he has. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, if he's legit can just change stuff like that on a dime, then, then it's very easy to cheat. Um, I was just saying more or less getting players you wanted and that kind of thing and making the right lineup decision, you know, baseball six months long it's grueling it's like what 27 weeks yeah i mean it's you know a couple of lineup changes here and there are not going to do much for you at the end of the day where you know football that could mean the difference between a win and a loss right so but if his if his buddy's in second place and you're in first and he's feeding them your fad bibs for yeah. fad bibs for <laughs> five weeks and you have no idea like that's a huge disadvantage and like yeah, no, it is. And that's the thing. We don't, we have no idea. That's what's so troubling is like, we don't know to yeah, what extent. He wasn't doing well. That's the thing. But I think right. it, we do have to figure out how deep it is with him. But you also got to, I think the question that everyone, the elephant is in the room is how wide is it in terms of, was it just him? Yeah. Right. It could be, there could be other people. Like we have no idea. Like we literally have no idea. He just, it's everything's out there on a the table. Yeah. It's like you, that you just don't know. And that's why when they, they came out and said that statement, it's like, geez, you guys have been researching this for what? 12 hours, 15 hours. And yeah. you're, you're making those, uh, those statements. Like it's a one and done. I mean, come on. I mean, anyone that saw that was like, are they kidding me? This yeah. guy's played oh, for oh. years. This would take weeks to figure out. <laughs> I, yeah, I think okay. some some more stuff will come out, but I think there's already camps formed, and it's not going to be a lot of moving between the camps. There are people that are going to stay and play if the business continues because they want to. I consider myself part of that because the things I play on here are lower stakes. I think it's really fun. I like interacting with the people, and I think it, things will get cleaned up. 95% of the people complaining online are people who have never played on the NFBC. They never will play on the NFBC and they want it to fail. They want it to fail because they don't like seeing other people successful at, you know, people are just vindictive. Yeah, no. And, and I agree with you. And I would play too. I would feel comfortable assuming they made the necessary changes that they need to make, you know, I mean, tagging like, you, Phillips, and, uh, was that, you said there's more going on right now. Somebody's tagged you, Matthew Dugan. Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, getting. You got a message me. He's like, I got more. I got. I'm getting a million DMs from people. It's like, I can't even keep up with all of it. It's like, um, you know, like like you were saying, uh, there are the diehard guys. There's the, the niche community that's no matter what they're going to play. Like they're going to stand there, and and I get that. Um, I'm kind of in the middle. You know what I mean? Like I want to know what happens. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I feel and, like and, we des we all deserve to know 
exactly what transpired. And yeah, I don't like, know if we're, we're ever going to know that, actually. This is kind of a serious question, but are you going to, like, learn a second language? Are you going to take up fishing or, like... Think of the amount of time that you spent doing this and like the amount of time that would be freed up people like it's their yeah. life. It, it's 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 because it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of fun. But Fantrax is, is going to get an influx of customers pretty soon. Joking, awesome. but yeah. not joking. I really well, I, got, I, I have people DMing me like I'm out. Taking my you know my money out off the site, I'm leaving. You know, yeah, they, I mean, people are the, They're gonna freeze the site and then the funds, right? So people yeah. are getting exactly. spooked. Yeah, yeah, people are spooked right now. I, I mean, I don't blame people. You know, you, you know, there's there's avenues to taking action for sure if people want to go that route. You know what I mean? I there's a lot of players out there, you know, they have resources. You don't, you don't know who, who's out there. That's, you know, even a lawyer is looking into this right now. I have no idea, but that's kind of the issues they're going to be dealing with. I think. I thought they said they did have a third party already committed to looking at this yesterday. I thought that was in one of the original statements. Uh, yeah. They talked and... about going forward. They didn't necessarily talk about an audit on the, on the forum. Oh, on that previous one. Okay. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really know. I'm kind of there's a lot on Twitter. I, I don't really communicate on Twitter a whole lot, so I'm kind of staying out of it as is already. So, but another thing too is is their PR. Like I've been saying this for you. I mean, Greg's a great guy, and all they need somebody to help help him out there. I mean, that one message, a tangent he went. On, I mean, he, that can't be your first communication to people that are sitting there wondering what the hell is going on, and you're talking about you know, Derek and his issues for, you know, six paragraphs. So I got a solution, actually. I think they should, um, I think the NFBC should hire Mike Govier as their HR and he should just put out <laughs> videos um, to um, explain what's going on. Oh man. And, and I, I really, do. I really, I, I feel bad for them. I know like, you know, this is, I can't imagine what they're, that's why when I saw Greg's post, I'm like, how could he just go there right now and feel the, compassion he did for a guy that might you know have taken him and his entire company down a day you know the day before it's like but i wow. do i feel compassion for him too though like there must be i don't know like i'm not i don't know it's no. really hard to comment on it but um yeah like I said, no i get that i'm saying for someone i'm surprised i know i had no i would never expect anything like this to be going on never in a million no a million. but put your put yourself in greg's shoes right you you yes. had this guy working for you for what 20 years he's been part of this success this is his dream job and he ends up doing this to you i mean this is you know i give him credit i don't know if i could take that stance that would that would not have been my first reaction I'll put this like that. um guilds guilds as a as a business model though like the pr staff or the third party investigations or whatever people already complain about the rate being too high and it's like that's why they don't have a PR staff. That's why they're the third party yeah. investigation sounds great, but that that's not that's going to be five figures, I would assume. Have they, they even stated that they're going to have that done? I know people no. come and float in there. I haven't seen that. I don't think. No, I, I don't. I think they if they don't, what sort of confidence is going to be restored? I, right. I, right. Are, are you talking about the the third party or the? Um... Yeah, third party. That's what I was. Yeah, talking see, about. I thought on their first statement, I thought they said it was usintegrity.com. I thought this was 
that they're contracting with them the further is oh, okay. commitment. So I thought that was in the first one that they already found a third party to verify. Uh, all the yeah. They said moving forward. I think moving that's forward, they lawyers, they got but, lawyers. But uh, yeah, I don't know what they can do with stuff on servers from previous seasons or whatever. Everything's got to be archived though, right? I mean, like you yeah. have all the results, you have all the points, the stand, everything is archived. You're telling me it's got to be, every transaction has got to be somewhere in there. Imagine if this happened on fan tracks and there wasn't the transparency. Imagine if this was on a site you couldn't look up Bradley Willis's history because we all have access to that. Imagine yeah. the fucking shitstorm that would be. So give the NFBC credit at least for that, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ah, it's just a tough spot, man. It really is. Like, like I said before, I think they should just freeze everything. I know that's the last thing they want to do, but that'll put some some of these customers at ease a little bit and say, okay, they're actually going through with this investigation. Find out all the details, provide those to your customers, you know, full I, think I think that all is going on behind the scenes. Like what is the point of pausing these DCs? Seth is entering like five at a time and um, <laughs> still going on as this, as we speak. But like, if let's say they do the end, let's say the investigation takes all of February, to, let's just yep. say, why pause yep. these drafts? Because they're, they're going to come to the conclusion. Either the conclusion is, the problem wasn't pervasive. It was not a pervasive issue. It was a one or two or three or four off thing. And we've taken the steps to correct it or, oh yeah, there were some problems and um, there, there might be some like retroactive things to, to look into maybe legally or systematically, but like either way, this what, 2024 season but, should go on. Like, but what if there's someone in one of these DCs right now that was some way involved? Like we have no idea. Right. True. And then, that's true. That's why you don't know how wide this spread. That's why I'm saying like it would be, make sense to pause everything right now, not put anyone else, you know, into a position where they could be, you know, with yeah, somebody that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair point, too. I mean, we don't know. The odds are probably not, but we don't know. <laughs> well, one thing for sure is I think like if I were the NFBC, I would be like definitely canceling the Raz Slam next year. That's not that, that can't go on again with all the complaints they're getting from them. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so I'd say I think Rand Slam on the NFPC is fucking gone. That's that's the, <laughs> the only sure thing I can basically surmise from this. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Conclusion. That's the only conclusion I have. I sorry, that's all I got. But he, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are really like fuming. Like I, you know, yeah. Really, I like it's all yeah. It's the usual Twitter Karens or the fantasy baseball Karens that are that are doing the same the same things and complain about everything else. But like, yeah, they, like you know, they have a point. But like, what's what's it going to do? Like, like um, I think Bjorn was right when he said like, there's going to be two camps. There's going to be these camps like us. We're like, I'm just going to keep playing. Like, what can you do? This, like, I mean, shit has it was either that, bad they, or really bad. But hopefully, in the future, we can trust it and go forward. And if there's more, well, like yeah. at this point, I'm still want to play. And there's some people who are just going to be like, oh, I don't want to play. Like, I'm going to shit on the NFBC because I play in like one NFBC 50 and I play the TGFBI. So I want to just want to take a giant shit on it. But really, go fuck yourself and not play. Yeah. See, I think the best thing they can do out, you know, with stopping everything right now is they got to let this investigation play out. You see all these impacted leagues. You find out how many there are, right? You look at yeah. the the monetary impacts, right? Because if there were people that were screwed out of money, you reimburse them, right? They're due that money. I mean, that's, I think that's the first step is to get money in the hands of the people that were rightfully 
stolen from if they were that'd be that'd be so hard to do though guilds because like you pointed out the the people that uncovered this they changed the lineups they were entering because they were comparing it to this guy and how he was you know week one so people are altering the decisions off of teams that shouldn't have existed so then it's a trickle-down effect and they might not win money that they should have because of actions they took yeah that's that's fair yeah no it's a it's a shit storm all right let's get into the actual podcast guilds you're welcome to stay but i have an agenda with uh seth and chris yeah no go ahead i got uh, you're you're more you're more than welcome to stay uh but uh we're gonna get through this so what's going on guys uh seth thanks for uh thanks for coming on um did a great job on on rob's podcast i listened to that that was a i really enjoyed that one um i thought i was like i I never heard you on a podcast before i thought i was i thought i was gonna break your cherry and then all of a sudden, like I had already asked you, then you're on Rob's podcast, and that's that's great because I got to listen to you, and it, it uh, actually helped me craft the agenda a little bit more. So it was it was good. Uh, I'm not upset about that at all. Good, yeah. I I uh, I don't do a lot of these, so I I don't I don't say you should feel honored, but yeah, right. I, it's it's uh, I ha- probably have not done a pod in probably five years or so before last week. So. I actually, I actually wanted to get you on last year because I looked at your like I like I look at the history of the like of the DCs and I look at like what sort of the trends, how are the top teams successful? And I always see you up there. So, um, uh, like you are one person that I was that were that was on my list definitely to have on for like at least two years. And Chris was last year, and Chris was on on the pod last year, and I'm, I'm happy to have him again. Uh, uh, learned a lot from him last year. So these are you're two guys that really aren't on a lot of pods, and I think that's what I want to. That's what I want to get on here. Yeah, we're we're silent assassins, hopefully, right? For the, the no, lower dollar yeah. value leagues. Um not even like you like you guys are in main events and you're not you're not silent to me. Like I I I see I see you guys for sure. So uh let's get into the let's get in the agenda here because we've already spent a lot of time talking about all this uh the fucking shit storm. But um, <laughs> let's see here. Um so uh, first of all, I want to ask Seth, like uh uh, because I, I've been in, uh, we were in two auctions and, uh, you hopped in the OC that I was in and use your CLQ for that OC. So I'm like, okay, I'll get a little sneak peek into what you're, what you're thinking here. But I'm noticing that like, the, you, you know, you mentioned like two guys on his podcast and like, you're, you're not getting those guys anymore in those, in at least in, in the, in, the, in the OC and then, in the, the second auction after you, you were on Rob's podcast, like, do you think it had an effect? So that's really difficult to say. I feel like I'd be, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I feel like I would be becoming one if I said, Oh yeah, I mentioned Chris Paddock and now I can't get him anymore. Everybody's <laughs> taking my guys. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like him in particular, he was, he was the primary guy that I mentioned last week and yeah, it's been more difficult to get him. I think his ADP when I said something about him was like 320, and I've been seeing him going at like 250. But that could just be coincidental. That's I don't know probably man. where he should be going. I'm in a lot of drafts. I start. I'm starting to feel it because like every, Rob's a Rob's podcast. You know what? Everyone listens to that, and uh, I don't know. Like in that auction, because you put him out for a buck, and he went for two, and that was a kind of a crazy auction because there's some bad there's some bad uh, auctioners in that auction, and a guy that took him for two dollars, like he like left like eight dollars on the table, and he could have had his like pick of the litter. Like he could have got like yeah. Like he could have spent like eight, he could have got like, like Hunter Brown or something like that instead of that, instead of 
uh, taking Paddock for two bucks. Like it was a complete misallocation of money, but he ended up like, did, like, did he just like, did he just like snipe you on Paddock just because I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what was going on there, but I don't think he knew what he was doing. Yeah. I think th there's something going on with using auction software. I don't know if you've ever talked about this, but there's definitely a different, there's some, when you're using auction software, as opposed to being in person in Vegas or at home or wherever you're auctioning, there's definitely like a different vibe and maybe even a different strategy that people use. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times when you throw guys out, people just have like a, a fear of missing out in auction software that maybe they don't in person. So I want to say maybe it's more that, but I don't, I can't, I can't, obviously can't say for sure. You're saying an external software, like not the online, just NFBC well, software that you're doing it in? Well, I'm, well, I'm comparing using FBC software as opposed to oh, I got an in-person yeah, yeah, yeah. auction. I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, and you're in person, you don't have average auction value staring you in the face. I mean, it's, it. it's different. The other thing too, some of these guys might've thought some of the end game guys were going to go more. Right. And I think you get into this later, Zach, though, that if you're saving X dollars, because you think somebody is worth something, right. It's like personal preference down at the bottom. Like if you think somebody's worth five, you get them for two, there's $3, right. Two more guys. And then you all of a sudden have $8, right. Where you thought you were going to spend more for your end game guys. Um, who was the other guy, Paddock and who? I want to know who these these SP are. I want to know Seth's secret SPs. I wasn't, are we talking I wasn't about a role Chapman? No, I was talking about Soto. Juan Soto. Oh. Oh, oh I thought, I'm I thought, sorry. I thought you said that he gave away his late targets, pitching targets. Oh. Um, Paddock was one. You guys just mentioned. Paddock was one. And then. Um, no, I, don't, I think I, I was thinking. Wasn't I wasn't Chapman. Thinking, I was asking, I was going to ask you about Chapman because you did take him oh. in both options, but um, because uh, and we're, we're skipping ahead, but like I was talking I'm about. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. Where, um, it's okay. Um, and um, you, like, I, I think I heard you say on Rob's podcast that you um, would just play fab for, for the, for saves, but mm. like the, in the auctions, I was surprised about it. Like um, how, um, how, how do you say it? Like, how thin you stretched your relief pitcher budget, like Chapman and Finnegan and- Oh yeah, no, Zach, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get into that. Uh, this first statement, you said that he was giving away his pitching targets. I thought there was more than one. I like Paddock. Um, I, I, I was just curious if there was others. So I, that, I was just putting Seth on the spot. Um, but yeah, if there was no more than, than Paddock, I, I'm fine on waiting for that. I, haven't got I, I like target Paddock. In both drafts. So I think it was singular. Okay. Um, Zach, if it's all right, um, this is uh, maybe the evil, evil doctor in me. But um, Seth and, and Christopher, if if your ego allows it, um, just <laughs> recommend recommend some really really shitty players sometimes. And then if you're wrong, and people pounce on them, they're not going to remember that come October. You know, save the guys you like for yourself, and uh, toss out a few red herrings here and there. I know that's been a conspiracy theory. You know, I'm in I'm in Tout Wars and going back 10, 15 years, people used to have conspiracy theories about people throwing out their guys they, they the guys they really wanted, they wouldn't throw out. There would be conspiracy theories about that. They'd say so and so isn't throwing out his best guys. How the hell would you know either way? Exactly. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that is what I wanted to have you on and talk about, Seth, is tout wars. Sure. <laughs> let's talk let's talk so so seth how, how did you get into tout wars like really i'm interested in like what just joking um let's let's talk about dcs um let's talk about the anatomy of a dc let's and I, the way i crafted this agenda is just like in stages like when you're like let's go through a dc from the start to the finish um and even before the draft like pre-planning of the dc like uh and uh, i'll start with chris like are you looking at projections at all? Uh, I do. Um, be before I get into projections, though, I actually run a lot of filters um, based off of obviously just one year of data, but the 2023 stats, hitting different hitting filters, different pitching filters. So I actually spend a good amount of time going through just filters, like seeing what players show up, right? Um, X amount of innings pitched, you know, uh, Strikeout rates above this, right? K minus walk, um, swinging or yeah, swinging strike, right? Uh, first pitch, all different things, just to see who pop pops up in these different things. Um, and then I kind of look back at my 2002 file of that, right, and see who's all trending on that, right? Um, and then I look at, then I bring in projections after that and kind of see who's projected to to do that again, right? So I'm finding a pool of players that are popping up in my, I guess, stat filters, right, that are projected to do the same good stats, right? And and that, those are the players I want at different, I guess, parts of the draft, right? Now, obviously, earlier in the draft, the hitters are going to have a lot more filters checked, right? Same with pitching, right? And then as you get down lower, then you have to make concessions, right? Uh, either all speed or all power, some batting average, and then pitching, right? You go for strikeout guys or you go for maybe a whip guy, right? Walk, right? Reduce rock, stuff like that. So really, that's that's kind of how I do my basis. Um, and then, let's see, I do look at Steamer. I, I, I know there's some talk. I know a few people use uh, Steamer 600. So I also do that because I just kind of like to see – I guess someone's talent level if they were given playing time, right? And how that adjusts, right? So I, I do kind of look at Steamer, Steamer 600. And then obviously I, I think most of us probably get the forecaster. So I, I have access to their, their notes and um, projections as well. Right on. What, and um, um, hold up. Seth, like, are you the same way you start off with projections? And if so, like, which ones do you typically use? So my process is generally I go through the players and make notes. I mean, I'll start this process when the playoffs even start. Um, I won't even wait for the playoffs to finish. And I'll go through basically the whole league, make notes, and apply like grades to basically every player. And then I do use Steamer. Um, and I'll basically adjust Steamer based on my notes um, and just basically go through there create dollar values off of that when I'm finished adjusting the steamer projections. Mostly I'm adjusting playing time. Um, is that general, what it is? I, mostly playing time? Yeah. Mo most of the time, I think the steamer projections are way too optimistic for playing time. Um, and then for DC in particular, I think it's really important to avoid the bust. I think that's for me, that's the key to a DC is if it's more important to avoid bust than to find sleepers. So there's a lot of guys who 
might as well be off my board because I'm never going to draft them. They're, if they're, there's, there's injury-prone guys that I've adjusted playing that time down so much, there's almost no chance that they're going to be on my DC rosters. So you're almost like a doctor in that sense, where you're you're uh, <laughs> not drafting players based on their injury risk. What? How? What's your process? Um, we did we did have a segment on this podcast before we called it Doctor Dave's Decimals, and he like for Fine. example <clears throat> say that um ninety nine point nine percent of people with PRP get Tommy John. So do you have anything like that? Like no, my my mom was a nurse, so I use <laughs> that expertise a little bit. No. <laughs> She was a nurse, but I mean, I'm basically just looking at their history. I'm looking like, you know, it's obviously if they've been hurt before, they're more likely to get. Who's the, who's the, the guy that's off your board? Well, because, he's, not off, he's not off my board, but there's no way that Royce Lewis is going to be on my roster with where I have him ranked. I mean, he had two torn ACLs. I think it was hurt. He's had like, he had like five different injuries last year. Derek definitely, uh, Derek definitely can't listen to this podcast now. He's, yeah. he's in and, the, I mean, it, the, now, and, now you can't listen to it. And to back that up, you know, like there's lots of publications like forecaster has a, uh, like a health grade and Royce Lewis has an F. So, I mean, obviously there's, I think a chart that defines what gives a great or grade a through F on those. Right. But I mean, yeah. you could very quickly look at a player on, many publications and have some health value assigned to it. Right. So I, I would agree with Seth Royce Lewis would be a, a bad investment given his track record until the season that he plays, you know, 150 games and then you're rock solid with him. So. Right. And uh, Derek Cardi would disagree with that because I've heard him say like the injury risk is sort of like a, it's really, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but a mathematical equation. He's saying that Byron Buxton doesn't have any elevated injury risk, but we know that's just um, really a logical conclusion at this point. Yeah. Like he wouldn't yeah. be going at past pick 300 when there's 15 um, smart individuals in the room. I mean, in an OC, you may find my roster with Royce Lewis, maybe a roster if I had 10 different teams. But in a DC where I cannot make up those stats in free agency after he gets hurt, inevitably gets hurt, I, he's not going to be on my roster. That's just how I draft DCs. I mean, I will not have injury prone players before pick before probably the 25th round or so. Right. When I'm doing a DC, I know I'm, I'm not, I, people want to hear you guys are saying, but I'm really just at this point. Um, want to identify where I'm going to take my pitchers. Like where are the sweet spots for the pitching? And then I fill in my hitting and I'm looking to just get to really around 300 home runs and 180 stolen bases. And that's really where I want to get. And by the end, I just want to get, um, uh, and I really just want, I want to get people that aren't in platoons. Some people that are just going to get a, a reasonable amount of counting stats. And as, as I'm in the draft, I really am looking at the range of outcomes. So when I'm looking at like, I'm not going to mention any names, but like if I'm in round 15 and I'm like, this player is maybe projected for, I don't know, like in steamer has them like 20 home runs, five stolen bases, but my range of outcomes could be a lot more upside. So I, I want to take some of those players, but also some safe players, but I'm really just careful not to litter my teams with um, um, like Arias and like Estuary Ruiz, like not, and Ruiz is a guy that I'm not taking at all, but I'm saying like, I've seen, I've done a bunch of OCs and I've seen this one player, uh, He's taking Arias and Estuary Ruiz on every team, and he's reaching on those guys. And 
those guys might have been in a, a good value in a vacuum, but like I'm just careful not like really like I'm careful not to and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I'm careful. I don't want more than one of that type of player on my roster in a DC, like Michael Garcia, Luis Arias, um, Esther Ruiz. Um, I don't want, I don't want more than one of those guys. What are you guys thoughts on that? I would say for speed. I agree with that. I'm so my big thing is I'm building stats. I'm building to goals, probably 75, 80th percentile. And particularly for stolen bases, I don't want a single point of failure. If this guy gets hurt in May, he's out two months. There's no way I'm catching up in stolen bases if Ruiz gets hurt. I mean, because, I mean, you can't, you're, you're, you're not going to plan to draft 300 stolen bases. It's just, it's be very difficult to do that. I actually was in a league and somebody had almost 300 stolen bases last year, but it's very difficult to plan around that. So stolen bases in particular, I absolutely agree. Um, I will draft a rise if it's a fit for my team. I mean, if I have Schwarber, rise is the perfect match. You're, you're ruining, you're ruining my next, you're ruining the question. Well, <laughs> well, if I had Joey Gallo, he's the okay, also no. the perfect fit. So, so either way. When when is that? When are we going to talk? We can skip to that. Um, no, we can't. We got we got to we got to go in over here, but we're going to talk about the Luis Arias Schwarber combo in a second. Um, but yeah, I guess like I sort of alluded to, to the 80th percentile, 80th percentile targets. Like I don't really look at the 80th percentile. I want to look at really home runs and stolen bases are my big thing. And I don't want to, I feel like I, don't, I really don't want to get ahead. Like it's so hard, I think, in auctions and Seth, we've been in two auctions together and even in DCs to fall behind in batting average. I just find it like, like once. If you're spending, like you're, maybe this is a better way to explain it. I find that from my experience, I've done a lot of drafts so far this season. If I'm spending a lot of my draft capital, um, say in an auction on players like, I don't know, CJ Abrams, not banking that high batting average first, I'm finding it really, really hard to stay afloat in batting average. Like even because then you got to reach on your Arias, you got to reach on your Yandy, you got to reach on your Nailer, and like you might not get those players. It might not fit your draft. It might not. It just might not be timed properly, and you could be really euchred in that situation. So, um, yeah, like those players do do fit your roster, but um, yeah, I want, like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it. I mean, going back to it, I'm I'm building, I'm building stats, so I won't rule anybody out <laughs> if there's enough rounds so, so my my draft board has a thousand players if i had a thousand rounds there's probably at some point where i would be doing to take patrick corbin <laughs> i mean there's a price for everybody i mean yeah. so I, i'm I talking about i'm talking about the early rounds right now like rounds I, one through four i, I do more balanced I, I prefer to stay more balanced getting power with speed right good players good projected players good historical players right uh i i don't necessarily what about like, like Pete alonzo what about like a pete alonzo like no i i tip, that's typically not my i i skip a lot of the olsen jordan i skip the riley i skip the seager i get the guys that even chip in the 10 to 20 stolen bases early only because they're going to give me the 100 100 runs and rbis too right or close to right and i know that's not gonna be 180 plus right they're going to be the yeah. good contributions all across the board but I want those stolen bases because they're going to be harder or you're going to have to make 
concessions elsewhere to get those later. Yeah, and I think it's um like Seeger's a particularly tough guy because he's going very early this year uh, compared yep. to other years, and it's just the position he plays. It's just like you got to look at the the opportunity cost or the opportunity I guess expense of the position. Um, it's really hard to take a, a middle infielder that's not going to get you stolen bases if you're not going to get that like you're not going to like concentrate your risk in stolen bases with like a player like Ruiz or something like that. But I agree. I I don't I don't want to take those uh, those non stolen base guys early, and especially ones that don't have like a really high average. Yeah, and I've said you can do it right, and and I can do it. It's just that's just not my preference. So if the players are available to me, I'm I'm going the path of the guys with stolen bases. Right on. Yeah, I'm 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 in full agreement there. I mean, I do have a lot of Raphael Devers shares, which is obviously a non speed guy, but. When you do that, you, I mean, you obviously you have to compensate and you might be compensating with players you don't necessarily love who are these one dimensional guys we're talking about. Who... But you're also probably pairing him with Acuna, Witt, J Rod, or Carroll. That's true. Right. That's true. So you're getting a very good perceived bulk stolen bases up front. That's true. Right. So in the, in the early rounds, are you, are you guys looking at like, do you want do you want to load up on bats? Is that is that your strategy this year? Because I'm noticing that the, the bats are very top heavy and it's sort of there's sort of a cliff after the first three, four rounds that like you, there's it's just a different um type of player you're getting after those first three rounds. So it's like where where do you want to sort of exercise your wrist? Because first three rounds of hitters are you're getting very good hitters depending on what type of hitter you're targeting. Um, but then in the rounds five, six, you're looking at Machado, Jazz, Trout. They carry different types of risk and some significant risk. And you got guys like Nico that are sort of um, um, lack dimensions um, to to his game. Um, whereas like pitching, like you, there's safer pitching obviously earlier, but then you get into some players with a lack of track record, like Scooble and Glasnow and and um, Yamamoto and stuff like that. So it's like, where do you want to allocate your risk aversion? Um, do, you, do you guys have a preference like that? Or are you more like um, diversifying in the first couple of rounds? I think it, it, it really depends on where my draft position is, kind of where that falls. But in generally, and it's not only this year, I would say historically with DCs, I've always been heavy on hitting. And one of the reasons is I feel like I'm more likely to find really nice contributors in the second half of the draft that are pitchers that are kind of like your sleepers. Like Bradish was one last year. I got Scooble gave me what two and a half solid months last year in the second half of the draft. I mean, there's, I feel like there's more likely to be guys in the second half of the draft that emerge like that. So, and that's been pretty much every year, not just last year. And I feel, you know, a little more confident about the pitching in the second half of the draft this year. So I'm always going to go hitting heavy first, relatively speaking. Um, I still have a lot of uh, Corbin Burns shares. I mean, he's a second round guy this year. But yeah, I'm, I'm generally of my first four picks, probably th three are going to be hitters in general for the most part. Yeah, I think right. the, the spring training tax or the live draft tax of of pitching hasn't hit right uh, an influx of news is going to come pitching define roles right so some of the back guys are going to drop and then the other ones are going to move up right and then obviously the that i guess 
decreases the number of guys that you're going to get right 15 through 23 and then you're going to have to move the other guys up because you don't want to be stuck having to reach for those guys later so but yeah i i earlier in the season i go hitter heavy and then i kind of balance it out some but i actually think there's a lot of pitching that i like uh in maybe rounds three through six that i don't think are too far off from some of the stuff that you get late second third um or with where, where did you how did you say it, zach uh range of outcomes right could be the same yeah so yeah. why why wouldn't i get the the more stable or perceived better bat right first and then hope that the pitchers i pick kind of hit the top end right on all right let's talk about uh short burner right now let's let's look at this comp so i i was looking at this and i and um so I'm I'm off of Schwarber. This is sort of how I like you can get an insight to how I started thinking about this. I'm off of Schwarber. I don't know. I just don't like taking players like that early, like that are gonna he no stolen bases and no batting average. Like I sort of get the sense that you guys aren't just like getting just I just get the feeling you guys aren't super into Schwarber. True or false? I'd say that's true. I'm not I'm not a big Schwarber guy at his price. Yeah, I don't like the batting average hit. Um yeah. just just see, and, and you know, like people like his projections are higher, but then you, you you listen to him, and then he's like, you know what, like, oh, people don't like the batting average, but like I'm like you hear him interviewed, and he's sort of like he sort of it sort of feels like he's resigned to the fact that this is my approach, and his approach is going to be taking a lot of walks, but also striking out a lot and hitting a lot of home runs, and he's sort of like that's that's what I do. So I don't know if the, I don't know if the projections are overly optimistic, but anyways, I he felt to like round nine in one of these DCs. I'm like, and I, I do a lot of DCs, so I sort of try to pick off like those value plays because it's a it's a relative value versus an overall field, right? So I'm I'm like, okay, I'll do that, and I'm like, but if I do Schwarber, I'm like, I need to like, I don't feel comfortable with this at all, so I'm going to take, I want to riot. So I started looking at their prior year numbers and their steamer projections, and like, if you if you average Schwarber and Arias and put them as like two different players, they're like. Um, Steamer has him at 272, 26 home runs, 96 runs, 76 RBIs. Um, their 2023 actuals were 274 average, 28 home runs, 89, 87, and two. Um, compare that to Gunnar Henderson, it's very close. It's like a better batting average than Gunnar Henderson, about the same amount of home runs. Like it's basically better batting average, same everything else, and like a little less stolen bases. So I'm like, okay. Gunnar Henderson's going on the two, three turn. I can get two of them in round seven and 11. So the only thing is I've now, I've now taken up two roster spaces with like minimal stolen bases. So let's throw it back to you guys. That That's my problem with it is uh, you're not getting stolen bases. Um, and then the other thing is it's one of those, what happens if, you know, this guy goes down or that guy goes down, right? If the one guy goes down, you have no power. And if the other guy goes down, then you absorb the bad, bad batting average, right? So right. so my alternate to this was why not Jimenez and Ozuna? A little less power, right? Better batting average for either in case one goes down. And you're getting about a 20 more stolen bases with the pair than you would with uh, Arias or... Sorry, um, Sorry I didn't... I, I want to make sure I heard you. Uh, are you talking about Andres Jimenez? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, that's I I I see that you you like Azuna and he's he's a good value. He's got the utility, and I think further to your point, um, you're, you're taking up a, a a middle infield position and an outfield position, two positions that 
generally should yield you stolen bases and you're getting nothing. Yeah, the, I just wouldn't do that. I, I don't, I, I like, I get where you came up with those numbers. It's very interesting. I like doing a lot of that stuff. Um, it's, it's fun to play that way. It's just, I, I probably wouldn't have Schwarber. Um, maybe that's wrong. He gets a lot of homers, a lot of homers. Yeah, no, I no, it's not something that would be my ideal thing, and I wouldn't really be bringing it up if it's going to be like, oh, this is going to be my main event strategy. I wouldn't be talking about it now, but I just found it more interesting. Seth, what are, you, what are your thoughts on it? So so I'm, I'm a little different here only because I've had a long-standing obsession with Elisa Rise. Uh, he liked one of my tweets once. Oh, that's um, funny. I called him. I called him a sleeper at a Roto World article for batting average when he was coming up, and he liked it. So I appreciate that from him, but I I like his his profile. I'm kind of like that profile, kind of like that Jose Ramirez early Jose Ramirez pro. Obviously, he doesn't have the speed, but I like that. I've always like kind of like that like extreme contact profile. Is like maybe this guy's gonna hit me like five to ten more home runs this year sort of thing because a lot of times like Jose Ramirez nobody thought he really had power and they developed it and there's been other guys like that Pedroia there's been other guys like that where him in particular that profile I like him more than other people but the general point yes I would rather have you know a more five category guy in general for me the Arise example just kind of ruins the conversation for me because I like him in particular but yeah I generally like more of like an as, as we were saying more, I don't like a single point of failure. And I, I'm generally not taking Schorber. That's, Seth, that's I, a- I just wanted you to know that I also really like uh, Luis Arias. He was born in 1997. Uh, that's when the movie As Good As It Gets uh, premiered. And I think that's how you can describe his game. So, um, yeah, I'm, on, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, the that's... contact skills are, are phenomenal for him, right? It's just the, some of the county stats that, that hurt you. And especially in a, a DC with an overall aspect. I thought, I thought, man, like he, I, I, last year I loved Arias. Uh, I had him like an, on every team, any, every big team. I thought he had the potential. I thought his range of outcomes were, was a lot higher than what his projections were showing. And you see like just by watching him hit, you see his home runs, like those home runs aren't wall scrapers. Like I really like, I really like Arias. Um, and I liked him last year, but he just never, he never, stepped it up to the level where I thought he was going to go. But at the same time, I you hear um, people say, oh, you know what? If Tony Gwynn wanted to hit like 280 and hit like 30 home runs, he could have. He could have done that. Like, can Arias do the same thing? Like, could, could he could he sell it up? Like, you, I, I felt like throughout the season last year, he was flirting with like really high batting average, like 400 at times. And like, he was he was – going for just you wanted to get base hits obviously but then it, at the end of the season when he was hitting around 350 i figured i i felt like he was hitting for more power like he was sell, he was selling out a bit more got hurt i don't know if it was because he was hurt or whatnot but it just felt like he wasn't he was selling out a little bit more for power and i think he has it in him to to sort of opt what he wants to do so i would you feel like I, would, to there. I would i would agree with that i also think there is a weak I think it was was it right before he sprained his ankle or right after, where he had like three or four of his home runs in one week. And... Yeah, yeah, Seth, that's uh, factual. I posted a tweet that said I have the power <laughs> with uh, He Man holding up his sword. So yes, you're absolutely correct. I, I I'm glad my mem my memory lasts about four months. So 
Uh, if it was earlier than September, I would not have remembered that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I I generally agree with you, and, and it's just like what I'm saying is that that profile. I mean, there's there's multiple examples of guys who are just extreme, like the hundredth percentile contact guys. Not all of them develop power, obviously, and some of them you draft them over and over, like Nick Madrigal, and they just kill you. But you know, you're you're getting you're getting two elite things from him. Assuming he hits leadoff, you're getting runs, you're getting batting average. And I mean, I still see there's there might be five more home runs in that bat. And for a second baseman, I mean, he's he's already good. He's going to be elite if he if he actually hits on that and gets five more home runs. Probably really interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was actually going to say, Zach, you like this one. I, you've drafted him this year. Um, look at what J.P. Crawford did last year, right? Prior to then, he had, like, uh, no double-digit home run years, right? And then he makes an adjustment, and then he's up to, what was it, 19, right? Uh, yep. Not the same context skills as Arise, but I'm just saying kind of more of a, a slapstick hitter, right? Uh, makes a change and then goes. Maybe that happens with Arise at some point. I don't know. But that was somebody late, kind of smallish, right? Didn't really offer much homers or stolen bases. And then all of a sudden, he does the year I stopped getting shares of him in the 23rd, 24th round. Yeah, um, I don't think the stolen bases are going to be there, obviously, for Arias. I thought maybe, like, at, before last season, I said he could go, like, 2010 and hit, like, three whatever. But just because of the new rules, you don't know. I just didn't yeah. know what was I just didn't know what was going to happen with the new rules. I'm like, anyone could steal 10 with like, who, like who knows, but um, it doesn't look like it for him. But um, like I'm looking at Jose Altuve's career progression and look at how his power developed. And I don't see it being, I see like, I could see something like that happening. Like uh, I could see him turning into a, I could see him turning into a 20 home run guy. Exactly. Um, but it's interesting like that, the, the single point of failure. And I know we've mentioned that at least, three times on this podcast already, but it's like, I find that to be an interesting term and it sort of reminds me. And I talked to, I talked to the guy, like guys, like I talked to like uh, Dom and, and Jason and fish and, and uh, Ryan, we, we talk about just like prop bets and and they're looking at, they always talk about, um, I don't do them so much, but they always talk about just betting the unders on the strikeouts for like Rodon and whoever glass now, because like Vegas just sets them at a point And then if they, if the pitcher gets hurt or misses time, they're just under. So if you, if you have a good portfolio mm-hmm. of the, prop bets it might be a good proposition i feel like that's sort of how chris and seth you're drafting you're sort of drafting against the field you're like i don't want a single point of failure you're like okay waxman you can draft cj i'm fine go ahead but like you could draft royce lewis go ahead but in the long run i'm gonna have all these balanced players and i'm not so much worried like in a dc i'm not so much worried about um like hitting a home run with any one player you're just more worried you're you're just gonna like sort of wear out the field like the field's eventually going to wear down because over time, not all the players are going to get hurt, but enough of them are going to get hurt where you have enough balanced players where you're just going to, you might prevail in the end. Yeah, I think, I think that's an accurate assessment of generally how I draft. Now I have enough DCs that there are going to be some teams with single points of failure. You don't draft 30 DCs and not have a single 30. point of failure wow. somewhere. Well, we're getting there. We're getting close. How many you at? Um, I've drafted at least seven or eight. I started on Christmas, so that's pretty good at this point. I'm trying to squeeze them all in. 
Good. Don't stop. Don't stop because of this NFPC shit. It'll be a season. That that's so the the process is when I get to round twenty five on one, you, I have to start another. Um, so I'm always in a different spot in every draft. Um, and I, I feel like I'm the the hard part is you're building different builds and they kind of get mixed up in your head sometimes. So you have to stay focused, you know. But that's where I am now. It's it worked last year, so I figure why not do it again. Cool. So let's say we're getting we're we're now into we're deconstructing a DC. Now we're like through round 10. Now, do you want are you guys methodical in that you want like a certain number of each positions? I know there's like if you look at look at some like several um DC players, and I notice like okay, they're always gonna have one relief pitcher, they're gonna want at least one catcher, maybe two. Like what you know what I mean, right? Are you um I'll start with Chris. Chris, are you methodical in that you need us like are you are you looking for certain positional targets? Uh kind of. I mean, so I guess, you know, whether you're in an auction or I guess a snake draft, right? You have your hitter pitcher split, right? So you're kind of using that as you go along, right? So at, what is it, 64-36, I think it's a split. So if through 10, right, you should have six or seven hitters and three or four pitchers, right? Depending on how you wanna you wanna go or what, what fell to you at that point. So yeah, I'm usually at like a six, four, seven, three. Now sometimes like Seth, I, I do more than one DC, so I'll get a little creative sometimes, right? And and overload one or the other, right? But then you're you're balancing it the rest of the draft, right? So like you'll hold you'll eventually hit that split because you'll overload on hitters if you went early on pitching kind of thing. But um but no, I, I'm just trying to get as many balanced hitters that, that fall to me, uh getting the pitchers I like right uh, in different tiers, maybe uh and then you have to figure out how to get saves in there as well. So really I, I let some of the saves market come to me. Obviously I've been in, two, I've only done two DCs and they've gone at different rates, right? One, they went earlier than normal. So you just kind of just have to break train and, and jump on, you know, jump in and get one. Um, otherwise you're going to be left out. But no, I, I, I used to be very more rigid with the catchers. Um, I think there's enough later this year that, that I can go either way. So if there isn't a, a hitter with certain skills that I like at a point in the draft, then I, I'll, I'll get an early catcher. Yeah, I think Bjorn agrees with that strategy. You go either way, yeah. right? Yeah. Early catchers, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. is, are you, is this uh, sarcasm? No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Zach. You can tell. I think you, you called me out because I was distracted. I was looking at my phone now. Oh. Rick Poundstone has has sent out about forty five tweets. Oh no, he's he's back. He's back in business. Uh, he he saw the NFB scandal uh today, and 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 he's going absolutely nuts right now. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, we'll I'll have to look at that after. Yeah, uh, so I, mean, I I think I think you guys are having a great great DC talk, but I just I just. I don't want people to feel like I'm judging Greg or Derek. So I just wanted to clear the air. Like, you know, every, everybody makes mistakes and shit like that. And like, but man, like, you know, I used to drive blackout drunk for an hour and I could have killed someone. So like, you know, ultimately what he did isn't going to change people's life to, uh, for the record. I'm not O'Neill Cruz. I did not kill anyone. I could have is what I'm saying, but you know, I, I just don't want to feel like I was judging anybody, but um, yeah, yeah. Back, back to the baseball talk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Zach. Okay, Seth. What about your uh, uh, ten uh, round composition? Are you 
methodical in that set in that sense? Um, not I would not use the word methodical. It usually ends up being a six four or seven three. It's not I don't go into a draft really ever with an, a hard line intent of I'm going to take this number of hitters, this number of pitchers in this area. I'm, I'm especially for a DC, I'm very flexible. It, it 99% of the time it ends up being in that area. I, I don't really do a lot of unorthodox builds where I'm taking 10 hitters in the first 10 rounds or anything like that. Um, I'm usually planning two to three rounds ahead where I'm saying I'm going to take this guy in this round and then the next round it's going to be probably one of these three guys and the following round will probably be one of these five guys. And it ends up being it, it ends up being that six four seven three, and I'm looking for the cliffs later in the draft, obviously, when we're getting to round 15, round 20, where the positions are really falling off. Um, but it but it's kind of just it's it's just how the things how everything falls with my team. I don't want to be I don't want to shortchange everything, and I hate to use the phrase single point of failure again, but it's convenient it. now, so I will use that phrase one more time. I might yeah. call this podcast a single point of failure, depending That's on how funny. It, um, it, seems, it seems like it should be a good title for it. I love it. Seth, are you an early catcher guy? So generally, yes, um, with at least one. Okay. Um, it really depends on the year. I mean, this year there's a lot of guys in like the 250, 80p plus catcher that I'm comfortable with having yep. as a starter so but generally i'll get someone in like that william Contreras, rushman area i mean at least 50 percent of my drafts i probably have somebody will smith some somebody in that in that area yep. one of those catchers on my drafts. and in doing so you feel better with your category targets coming out of the draft right absolutely yes yeah I'm sorry. Did you guys say when you do take an early catcher like that, do you do you cap it at three then? I will wait later and often either take the direct backups or take my late catcher darlings. Like um, I had a lot of Yanir Diaz last year. Uh, how do you say Blake's Sabal? I had a lot of those really late guys. I got lucky, but those were my late ones. So like I will wait really late if I go to early catchers. I'll generally yeah, I'm get a. I'm gonna ask you who your darling is this year, because those were good darlings. I think you had some. Um, yeah, you have your all post 500 team. I I got some for you. Okay, we're bringing on a special guest for that too. By the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, but um, yeah, he's gonna give his 500 team too. Um, so let's go on and uh, let's let's look at rounding out the roster. Um, I was gonna ask you about catchers and relief pitchers about in the first ten rounds, but I. I don't know, I'm just getting a feeling that you guys want to move on from that a little bit here. So let's say like, let's say you're rounding out your roster and, and I've had it like, I see most teams want to just fill out their roster in the first 23 rounds and just get all the positions. But I'm comfortable sometimes waiting on certain positions, like leaving my catcher out and and uh, it, maybe it's around 25, 26 or waiting on starting pitcher if I like some, some hitters. Um, what positions do you find most palatable to like fill out like after round 23? Like if you were to, if you were to sort of go unorthodox and take two starters or two, like take two extra starters or two extra outfielders, leave a catcher, Blake, what, what position in your experience 
is most palatable to backfill? Non-speed bulk hitters. Mm -hmm. So if you have your speed covered, there's lots of middle infielders with little speed, corners with little speed, outfielders with little speed. So your balance stats, right? There's all whole surplus of those guys later that you like, can just give me an example of like some uh, Ben attendee, uh, right? Uh, Duvall will get playing time. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of Cronenworth, right? Orlando Garcia, Wilmer Flores, uh, right? All these guys, Tim Anderson, if he gets the job, Ty France, I guess this is round 21, but um, so that's if you wanted to fill your pitching early, right? But uh, Renfro should Jeff play a lot. Right? You're, you're doing Seth with this assessment. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, but generally, how it's fallen for me so far this year, and this could change, is I'm a lot of times I won't fill that fifth outfielder, um, just because there are some really high upside outfielders, kind of in that round twenty-five to thirty range that I feel comfortable with, and there's also starting outfielders much later than that, like Kevin Kiermaier yes. is very late and I don't necessarily like him, but for a DC, he's going to play. He'll give me, I mean, I would think at least a month of solid at bats. I'd hope he would give me a month of solid at bats. He's going very late. And there's a lot of guys like that. And then starting pitchers, there's a lot of like your Martin Perez's that you don't want to, you don't want to fill your roster around, obviously, but they're kind of those spot starter guys. And you can definitely get those, those Marco Gonzalez, Martin Perez type of guy. Tyler Anderson. Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. You got a Tyler Anderson in run 50 in one of these. There you go. Yeah, just uh, there, there's going to be times to stream those guys. Um, okay. Opposite question. What position do you definitely do not want to not have after 23 rounds? Like, what would be the least, I guess, not pitcher because, but what position are you least comfortable with? not feeling by like rounds 21 through 23, which one are you getting worried about the most? I would say middle infield. Yeah. middle infield, just in general, I just don't feel super confident with, I'm, I'm looking at what the ADP is here, probably after. I actually think there's a lot of interesting ones. I actually think it's more of a, a, a stat than a position. I want to have, foundations and power and speed before then i'll take upside shots like you said outfielders guys who can i guess surpass their projections right um or with full-time playing time right they would they would get a lot of speed or a lot of power but i i don't want to have to be reliant on power or speed from players there beyond right those are just fillers that i want to contribute along the way if somebody gets hurt kind of thing that's a that's a good way to look at it yeah, I, I agree with that assessment too. So if but, you're if you're light on power, then your some of your early reserves should be some power bats, right? Like uh, Duvall, a Renfro, uh, Jock Peterson, those type of guys who, when they play, right, or if they get a lot of righties or something, right, then or righties for Jock Peterson, then you know that they'll at least get a lot of at bats that week or that stretch that weekend whenever you use them. Right. So now for like going, now we're traveling into picks 375 to 500. We're, we're a little bit past the Benintendi Orlando Arcia range. Um, there are some players like, um, and this wasn't specifically on the agenda, but like I'm for me, SGP, like even range of outcomes out the window. I'm looking for some upside and I'm looking for specific profiles, just undervalued players. Are there players that you believe in that range that are just like, 
still mispriced because we are still relative. We're still like in the infancy of draft season to a degree. Are there players that like you think are just completely mispriced in that range at this point? I want to, I want to jump in here quick. Um, I did come out of retirement and I'm doing one DC. Um, so actually, if you guys could not lie and give um players <laughs> that you think are mispriced at three seventy five to five hundred, um, disregard my strategy from earlier and please um share honestly. <laughs> so this, you, you're saying you this need... is twenty five plus, right? Yeah, twenty five plus. We're not doing our plus. Po- we're not doing our post five hundred team. This is up to five hundred. That um. I'm trying to think if I have any players that are just like sort of I, I don't know misprice is just a lot of boring guys. Um Javier Baez, Charlie Blackman. Um I mean if this Davis Schneider gets playing time in, in Toronto, Toronto is a is a interesting one, right? Both for second base and third base, right? Who who they what they do there. Um so like Schneider was interesting. I took a stab on him. I like Montero. In Colorado, he has zero options. So, like, I, I find some guys have some potential upside with power um, in that that grouping of people. Uh, those were some. Um, then, obviously, you have, like, Steady Eddie, Jack Peterson. They'll be a larger side of a platoon. Not that they're undervalued, but I, I think they'll be players that can contribute to a team, like, right as your seventh or eighth outfielder that you might use more often than you would hope in a DC. Uh that that's steady Eddie Rosario. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's there's some infielders that I do think are mispriced. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out one because I want to test if his ADP goes up because of what happened to Chris Paddock. So I'm just gonna throw it out. <laughs> no one I'm gonna I I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, even though I know his name. No one Chanel, Chanel, is that how you say I, it? I like him. Usually. Yep. He, he, he actually, uh, he pops off in some of my filters. Um, interesting. I love the angels offense, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he hit lead off. I think every start that he had. Yeah, no, I, I I'm saying I, I agree with you. Yeah. He should play a guy in that range that I think is mispriced. Um, he last oh. played for the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, his name is Trevor Bauer. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't go over the uh, pitchers. Uh, no, but no, no that, I, I can I'm, just, I'm just joking. But I, you know what? You know what? Like, I don't usually want to start talking about guys. But you guys have been <laughs> came on and giving your time. I'll, I'll give you a guy for real that I think is a little bit mispriced in that in that range, and it's a pitcher, um, Jordan Wicks. Actually, first round pick. He they brought him up last year. Like, I don't really like. He's going around pick four four fifty. Like. I'll I'll give it away now, whatever. Like I've done a bunch of DCs, but I haven't got him in all of them. But he's just a guy I'm like, he doesn't really fit there. Like he should be like probably 50 picks higher, in my opinion. I think people, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was gonna say I think people undervalue fifth starters coming into the year. People I don't know why everyone I well not everyone, but people I think people assume health for pitchers a little too much. And a lot of fifth starters are in that range that I think are more talented and have more upside than people realize. And Wicks, I have him on a lot of rosters, so I agree with you. Why, why stop at fifth? I like fifth, sixth, and seventh starters. Exactly, yep. 
Stack them up. Especially right when the Mets, Mets, are, Mets are angels because they're just going to get all – they're all be injured. We got we – got, we got, our special guest just dropped in here. We might as well just uh, – let's do the um, – this is our infamous post 500 team. Uh, Russell was uh, Russell Withers was uh, here last year um, and he was part of it. Um, so I'm going to have Seth and Chris and Russell give their post 500 team. I think we were, we're we sort of cut the roster down to one cat. What did I say? One catcher, um, one catcher, one corner, one middle, two outfielders. Sorry, Russell. I said two outfielders. I think I said three to you, three starters and one relief pitcher. So um Let's start talking about that. Um, let's go start with catcher. When Russell, what's up, buddy? We'll start with you. You just, you just pop. How you doing? <laughs> what's up, guys? How's it going? Not bad. How you doing? Pretty good. Did I uh, did I miss all the hand wringing over the scandal? Did y'all cover that already? Is that what we're going to talk about? Yeah. yeah. But you can you can you can do you can say whatever the fuck you want. Eh, you know, I think uh, I think there's a lot of people saying shit on all sides and nobody really knows uh you know how serious this is actually going to be so i think i'm just going to reserve judgment for now i mean i started a four honey today so i i'm not really having any kind of knee-jerk reaction abc always be crafting drafting abd abd so yeah who's your catcher russell all right, let's take a look here. Post post five hundred. So I'm looking at uh, this year, so just just January one. Um, yeah. uh, I'm just going to go Christian Vasquez. Um, you know, he's a semi competent catcher. He's probably the backup, but I think I think the uh, I think the timeshare is going to be a little bit more even than than people think. And uh, there's always a you know th there's some chatter about maybe there being a trade. Uh, maybe him getting traded to another team. Maybe it opens up some more, some more plate appearances for him. So, post five hundred, I think that's a pretty good place to start. Russell, do you follow um, Agnes on Twitter? No, uh, because uh, Vasquez went to Driveline, and she's just always tweeting about uh, Driveline. <laughs> Agnes is um, there. You go. There you Ian go. Khan's I housekeeper. Even, I didn't even. I didn't even know that. Sometimes it's better to be yeah. lucky. No, he went to. Yeah, he went to Driveline. Okay, um, Chris, let's go with. Let's go to you. Well, who's your catcher after five hundred? Uh, I will say I do like or don't mind Vasquez. Um, I, we really got to stick with one man. There's so many I don't mind back here. You can um, give as many as you want. I just didn't want to give you too much homework. I, I think uh, so. I think I think Cartini, um, for Houston is is equally as interesting just for the same fact. Uh, maybe it's split playing time for one of the best offenses in the league, right? Um, and then younger guys that I like are Amaya, who's probably at the top end of that, right? 33, around 33, 34. And mm -hmm. then I, I don't mind Huff for a big power if he ever gets in. That, right. that, those those yeah. are the ones I like back there. If I miss on those, I, I struggled taking some. Seth? I'm, I'm very bummed because, honestly, all the catchers that I like have already been named. Vasquez was my number one. Um, I'm really not a Ryan Jeffers guy at all. Um, I'm not really a Christian Vasquez guy either, but I do think uh, he's a good value there. And then I've kind of, this is my third year in a row where I've been kind of obsessed with Sam Huff and really, really mad at that team for signing Kisner. So I have no idea how Huff is going to play other than a trade. But I mean, he's D got didn't Garver DH. He did. Yeah. Throwing it out there. Well, 
we can pray but yeah never know huff huff is a legit to me a legit 20 home run guy if he plays so he's he's really the no-brainer of the 500 plus catcher club who you at this point you can probably take in round 50 and just see what happens All right, should I should I do one? I didn't I didn't plan on it. I didn't plan. Yeah. On it. All right, I'll do the same guy that I that uh, we who uh, we bleeped out last episode. Who who was on the last episode that mentioned him? Bjorn, remember who was on? Who, who did we have on? Uh, was it Todd Hop? Oh, yeah, it was Hoppy. Hoppy, this is the guy that he mentioned. Oh, uh, okay. I'll bleep it again. But Ben Rice. Um, just think that um, could move. He can move off of off of catcher, and um. Yeah, just uh, sort of undervalued, underappreciated. I'm like one of those. Uh, I'm not like the. I don't take. I'm not like smart like you guys taking these uh, just undervalued, proven players. I like to get the I'm more of an upside upside shot guy, and uh, usually doesn't work. So don't listen to me. All right, let's go on to corner. Um, quickly before Bird you me. do that, um, Christopher, uh, was I, was I, um. Losing my mind, or did you say that Caratini is going to split time with Yanier Diaz? Uh, catchers get hurt, right? He'll play some. So, so let me ask you a question: In a DC where you have to roster fifty players, right, for six months, right, and I have to, I, one of my early catchers get hurt, right, and I have to throw somebody into my lineup, right, for a week or two, maybe three. I want a catcher that's going to play a few days a week on one of the best offenses in the league. Even if I get minimal starts, right, I will take those stats over guessing at uh, James McCann, Riley Adams, you know, some of these other randoms. I, I will just play the offense and get whatever I get out of them. Yeah, I buy that thesis. I, I was just more thrown off when you said it might be halftime, but I understand the pick. Thank you. Yep. All right, corner. Um, unless Bjorn, you want to you want to go or no? <laughs> No, okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be using these picks, not making. <laughs> you you just use the fly on the wall. Okay, cool. So let's go back to Russell corner infield. Who's your post four post five hundred corner? Okay, uh, I didn't realize he had fallen this far, uh, but I'm gonna take Matt Mervis. He fell on his face last year. He doesn't really have a clear path to playing time at all this season, uh, and a lot of people have left him for dead, but. You know, if you go back and look at what he did when he was sent down last season, he hit in AAA like he was a man on a mission. And uh, I just don't think his his story is over. Uh, whether he's traded or something happens uh, to open up some playing time for him. Uh, but I think he's he's got a major league bat in him. I don't know how good it is, but I think he's a major league player. And uh, if he gets another opportunity, he can show everybody that. Cool. Chris? Uh, am, I, am I allowed to name a few again, or does it have to be one? You can do whatever, you can do whatever you want. For for a boring playing time, I mean, Brandon Belt is down here. If he plays anywhere, right, he'll, he'll get you good stats when he's healthy. I like this Toronto guy, the Horwitz. Yep. Right. I find him interesting, and then I like the Rule 5 guy from Cleveland, um, Delos Santos. Division. Yep. Because he'll gain first base too, potentially. Um, Should yeah. Yeah. yeah he, so was I, going, uh, he was going undrafted in a lot of those uh, earlier DCs. 
So some of those are, are just interesting guys where you didn't get as much first base or, or third base uh, yeah. early on or whatever. Okay. Uh, Seth, who do you got? So I like Nick Lofton on Kansas City, who is first base eligible, but should gain multiple positions if he sticks third on the man. roster. Yeah. At, at least. He's a very sneaky position eligible guy before. I don't I don't think you were in the draft room before they, they flipped the site uh, when they had the drafts in October. I think they had him as an outfield. And if you look at the position eligible, I think he just had like five or so that starts at first base or 11 or something like that. But he was a sneaky, the position eligibility was sneaky there. I like um, that call. I, I want to go back to Mervis because he's been my big one. And I don't understand why anyone would assume that Michael, as of the, as the Cubs roster sits now, I don't know why anyone would assume that Michael Bush is a clearly better option than Mervis at first base. I, they're very similar profiles. Um, high strikeout rate with power. So I I really like Mervis in the plus 500s. And then the other one that I kind of like, and I feel like if you take Royce Lewis in any league, you would be crazy not to take Jose Miranda. Hmm, I feel like... Interesting. I was going to say Miranda, uh, yeah, because they're saying that he could uh, shift over to first too, right? So he would have both mm -hmm. as well. He's hurt though to enter the year, right? He's coming off the surgery, I think. Yeah, um, I don't, from what I understand, he's not going to start the season. He might not miss much time, but I, I, I understand that he's not going to. I thought that he was going to miss like at least the start of the season. Yeah, I'm not sure on the timeline, but Minnesota with players with or hitters with shoulder injuries right that's Kirloff right all over again that just has me nervous but they're not the same player so yeah to your point on uh Mervis you like I don't know why anyone would assume Michael Bush would start over Matt Mervis um probably the like Rolls Royce of like playing time MLB playing time.com but Mike Curlin has Michael Bush starting at first base over Matt Mervis so I will just have to tell you guys that you're wrong and like curling. What do you think the the likelihood is that Bellinger resigns there? Low. Would, I think would he just, put a damper think, on it? Yeah, for that would definitely put a damper on it. But I, if I had to just guess, and what 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 do I know? I, I would guess that the probability is low just based on um, watching the press conferences of the Cubs and hearing what the, like their management says said. Just reading their body language, it just didn't seem like that that's something that they're doing. I generally agree. Also, I'm I'm in on Crow Armstrong, so I'll start crying if they <laughs> resign Bellinger. Yeah. Oh, you get a lot of Armstrong. Yeah, he's a power speed guy. That if he if they do not sign but resign Bellinger, he's going to play. So you have post round twenty three big upside there. Yeah, he was going earlier than around 23 recently. Then he's he's been slipping a little bit. Um, all right, I'll give you mine. Um, just for a DC play, like Cabin Biggio um, on the Jays. Like, it, like at first you think they're going to sign someone, but he can play multiple positions. Like he, the the manager liked him at the end of the year. Um, just as like a, not really my type of style player, but after 500, he just sort of sticks out to me as someone that's going to just could play and he's got, he does a little bit of everything. 
in terms of position wise and stat wise. Um, I don't know. I really, um, I find myself sometimes taking like more upside shots and passing him by, but really like, he's sort of just like people have assumed that he's going to be a bench player, but he might not be. You know, I, I don't mind him on, uh, the, the one DC you and I did together, I tried to do a, uh, Toronto middle infield stack and somebody took him before I got him. He was the only one I didn't get. Hmm. Yeah, Toronto probably has right now as much uncertainty in that infield. Yep. Yeah. It's just about any team that's decent. They got a bunch of prospects that could come up, but I I honestly like I, I have no idea. That's why yeah. he made major improvements in the second half of the season. And he had a 124 WRC plus in the second half, the 77 in the first half. He came on real strong and looked like he was uh putting some things together. Yeah. And like, I don't know, the Schneider seems to like Biggio. Like, I don't know. It just seems like uh, he was giving him playing time. Um, he, I, I just think he might get the playing time. He could be like, I don't know, he could be like, like he could be like in that realm of like the Ben and Tendi type guys you're talking about that are going to 200 or 100 or 150 picks higher. Um, what about middle infield? Um, Russell? Uh, I'm going to do two. I'll take a, a, a tandem from Baltimore. Connor Norby and Joe Girardi. Just, uh, you know, they're both young. Norby and who's great? Connor Norby and Joey Ortiz. Okay. Um, they're just both young and talented, and something's got to give with the with the log jam in Baltimore. There's, there's got to be a move coming to free up some playing time for some of these young guys because they're they're not the only ones. Um, so, this late in the draft, that that's that's a shot I'm taking. Nice. Um, Chris? Uh, so the, I like, uh, so the non-boring one, I, I like um, uh, Brujan from Miami. Come on. <laughs> no way, man. Hey, <laughs> why not? It's a new home. Look what they, they, they like, uh, they fix everybody, right? Josh Bell, yeah. uh, Jake Berger, Jake Berger got better, right? Who knows, right? But they've seen enough of Birdie, right? Maybe he takes over as a shortstop. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I maybe this is just a pure bias. Like some of these, some of these guys are just out of sight, out of mind for me. Um, but yeah, no, I it was just an interesting. He's a power speed light guy. Um, maybe he has zero options. Maybe he'll get uh, some playing time, right? Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then I think I said I, I like the uh, right now I like the the middle infield of Toronto. So I'll take darts and some of those guys just to see what plays out. Which one? Which uh, one? The I don't even know how to say his name. Um, Orlevis Martinez and and Barger. I like those two guys. Like, okay, that's that's cool. Um, just haven't I haven't gotten much of those guys. Just because, but not that I don't like them. I just haven't ended up with them. Uh, Seth, what about you? Who's your middle? I was going to say, I also like Bruhan. I like Bruhan, and this is cheating. Xavier Edwards is like 498 in the ADP I'm looking at. You can, if you can pair those guys really late, that's late speed yep. there. That one of them is, as of the roster sits now, one of them's probably going to play. Um, I like Jordan Diaz. I had a lot of shares of him last year, and he was not good, but he played which you can say that about basically every position on the Oakland roster. And he's got multiple position eligibility still. 
Um, so I like him. I do think he can hit if you look at his minor league stats, especially batting average, which is not easy to find in the plus 500s. And then as of now, I like Casey Schmidt on San Francisco, who is terrific defensively, can play third, can play short, and has hit in the minors. And I do not trust what they have at third or short right now. They could sign Matt Chapman tomorrow, but I like Schmidt as an investment as of today. Okay. Um Get it? There is one guy that I have like on every DC. And I want to keep it that way. So I'm not being disingenuous and putting players in here that I don't want, but I'm going to give you my second choice here. Is and it I, round 50 from your one? Can you tell me that? No, it's not round 50. Okay. Um, I'll go with Enrique Hernandez just because you're getting a discount because he's a free agent. Um, sure. A lot of different eligibility. Um, good hitter. I think he was hurt. So um, expecting a bounce back. And I think you're just getting a temporary discount right now. He's not like a, he's not like an old guy like uh even like a fam or a Votto. He's someone that's gonna probably get a job somewhere. Um outfield, Russell. Um uh, I'm gonna go with Josh Palacios in Pittsburgh. Um I like both of the Palacii, but uh <laughs> I actually prefer I actually prefer Joshua a little bit more, uh, even though Richie's going a little bit earlier. I think uh, Josh has a little more power and I'm a little more confident in his role as a strong side platoon in, in Pittsburgh. I don't quite know what uh, Richie's role is going to be in Tampa, um, but I've been taking Josh Palacios on quite a few DC teams late. And you have one more, right? Or you might have one or two more outfielders. Oh, we're going we're, we're gonna to do them all at once. Okay. okay uh, we, can, we, can go, we can go around. We can go around. We can spread the, Spread it around. Um, Chris, who's your first? I don't, want to, I don't want to take all the good picks. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's a good point. Chris, you, what do you, what, who's your OF1? Uh, well, so this is my, as of now, just liking good offenses, but uh, Jake Myers goes late. He's going to hmm. potentially start for Houston. Boring, I know, but uh, they score a lot boring. of runs. So It's not that boring. Um, Seth, who's a, who's an outfielder for you? So I'm going to say Oscar Colas. I don't mm -hmm. like him. I didn't like him last year either, but post 500 on a team that is horrendous, it's going to be horrendous in the White Sox. I mean, th there's power upside there in the profile and he's going to play at some point. If he doesn't break camp, he's going to play at some point. So I like that value there. He's a little bit past 500. Okay. Um, let's see, here. I wasn't ready. Um, you can make fun of me for this because I made fun of uh, Vidal Brujan, but I'll say um, Victor Robles. I know they're filling up that outfield, but um, if he's healthy, um, he's got the pedigree. Um, and I... Uh, I think he could. Uh, he's got. He's got the tools. Like pick six, seven hundred. He's gonna steal a lot of bases. Like it's a valuable. It's a valuable asset in these DCs. But you know, he's not even twenty-seven, so uh, I don't mind it. What? What at twenty-seven? He's not even twenty-seven years old. Yeah, like, he, but he's he's got to just find playing time. That's the only. That's obviously yep. the big issue. So let's go back to Russell. 
Let's go. Um, I'm actually going to go pretty deep here. I'm going to go with Blake Dunn in Cincinnati. Um, he's not even being drafted in every league. Um, he's a prospect. Uh, he's got a lot of speed. I don't have his play page pulled up in front of me, but he stole a ton of bases in the minors. Uh, he's got a little bit of power, too. And, Jacob? Uh, no, Blake Dunn. Oh. Cincinnati outfield. Um, I thought, I thought you were going to say, good, how are they going to steal my second guy, Jacob uh, Hurtisby, or um, what's, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Jacob Hurt. Let's see if I can find him. Hurtubis. Hurtubisi. I don't know. Look him up. Anyways, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you, but I thought you. I thought you were. I thought you were about to steal my guy, coincidentally. But go on, Don. I just, I just think it's another one of those situations where Cincinnati has got to be looking at a trade uh, to bring in some starting pitching, and he could be a piece to go along with India or whoever they move from from the major league roster, who's you know a major league player already, um, or some room opens up for him at some point. So he's just an interesting <laughs> player. To, I've taken a couple of darts on late. That's a good one. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll slide in here because it's sort of a, a good transition. It's uh, I don't even know how to say his last name, but is Jacob Hurtubis. And he's AAA Cincinnati. Oh, he'll, yeah, he's, he was AAA in Cincinnati. Not much power, but he across two levels last year, 45 stolen bases, um, more walks than strikeouts. Like, basically, like, I don't know, like, look him up. Um, could be good. Just the same thing. There's, there's no logjam there. I don't know. I think Fraley might get traded. Like, he's sort of like a spare piece right now. And they got, like, I, I do like Dunn, too. That's a good play. I've, I've drafted him. And, like, they, they got, two, like, at least these two guys that are, like, borderline ready in the minors. And they're already like log jammed to begin with. I think Fraley's got to be the piece that they move. Anyways, um, Chris, who do you got for the outfield? Uh, Nick Gordon. Sorry, I like that. Nick Nick Gordon, Minnesota. Oh, Gordon. He got yeah. hurt last year. Everybody loved him last year, right? This is on the Mervis uh, bandwagon, right? Uh, if yeah. he didn't perform last year, let's let's let him fall and get him again. I don't mind it. I've actually looked at him and I, I haven't got him yet, but I just keep looking at him like, should I be drafting Nick Gordon? There's a lot of uh right, Seth. There's a lot of great F uh players on that starting lineup. There's gonna be plenty of playing time for him this summer if he can stay healthy, but he's a great F too, probably. So <laughs> for the for the price, can't go wrong there. Yeah, I mean that's around forty nine fifty. So it's He should at least be on the bench, right? The opening day bench. So, I mean, he's at least going to get some at-bats in the week. An injury thrust him into playing time, right? These are the – you got to balance prospects with some of some guys like this, right? You can't all, go all prospects because if you swing and miss on all the prospects, then you got a whole bunch of zeros versus just part-time. Right. Seth? So I'm going to say Sean Bouchard of the Rockies, who has basically hit like Babe Ruth in two straight <laughs> years 
with very limited playing time, but he doesn't okay, have don't a say, Don't say his name again because I'm bleeping this out, by the way. <laughs> I will, I will say this. I'm going to go on a, ta- a Bud Black tangent. Any player like him that I like, Bud Black refuses to play. And that has Montero happened. Montero, too. Yeah. That it, Montero, this goes back to Joss Rutledge. <laughs> this goes back many oh, years. Man. You, okay. you brought that's, that's a, you actually brought up like nightmares for me about Rutledge. I think before, Rutledge. I even, before I even played on the NFBC, and I was like, you know, all these like, whatever leagues i was like in love with that guy you and me both and bud black did not like him nope who was chris owings was it chris owings he was playing over him yes yes oh, wow. was one, one of the many i believe i kept saying like they must have like, like bud black must have gone to chris owings bachelor party and like knows he just like banged all these hookers or something like that or no yeah chris or vi- vice versa you know what i mean yeah, we actually had that uh, that bachelor party at the Wiggle Room. Uh, the non-disclosure has expired, so I, I can't confirm that. Yeah, that's funny. Right on. But that does lead me now, Seth. Tell me if this rings true to you. That leads me to a point that wasn't on the agenda, but in the NFPC draft room, you have the ADP. If you if you download the ADP on the website, it gets you the accurate ADP for draft champions, and you can filter by date. But it's not always going to be equal to the draft it's not going to be equal to what you see in the live draft room, even for DCs. And there are certain players like the player you just mentioned that their ADP is broken in the draft room. So he sends, he slips far down sometimes in drafts because he's, if you, if you see him, if you look at him in the draft room, he's not, his ADP in the draft room is way later than it is in the actual download. And you can, and you can tell it's fucked up because um, his ADP is equal to his rank. So usually the rank is different from the ADP. The rank is usually higher because he, or they're, they're different. That one's broken. Um, Heston Kirstead is broken as well. Um, so those, those are two players that I remember off the top of my head that you sometimes can get a deal on if people are sometimes all the entire draft room just drafting off of like the ADP and they don't want to reach too far, which is for good reason. And those players just end up falling, I find. I agree sometimes. with you 100%. And I have a controversial opinion that I've had for many years that in high stakes league, there should be no ADP in a draft room. Players should be in alphabetical order from A to Z. I've said that before too. And you should just tap. I mean, it's, it's a treasure hunt, especially with a slow draft. You got to go find the guy. I mean, that's part of the work. It's part of the skill of live drafting. Come on. That's supposed to be easy. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. I I would love that. That's why I like, that's why I got into so many of the early drafts. Yeah, um, set the starting pitcher, but oh, first of all, Seth, did you notice that Seth though? What, what I'm talking about, yes. Um, I mentioned Kerstead last week, he, he's another one that I've been prominently taking his UT only. So I know we're not doing UTs, but I'm glad you brought him up. But you notice that you notice that the draft room sort of broken with those guys, yeah. And I feel like it's more broken this year than past years, too. I feel like the ADP is off for like half the players. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I feel like it is messed up. Like even like the gladiators, like they're almost finished, and the the ADP does not equal what it is like on the actual. Oh yeah, that that, wow, seven sixty. Um, for who? Seven thirty five. Wow, those guys are way down there. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 the ADP was broken. (laughs) Start from the bottom next time. Your next draft, just start from the bottom of the list and work your way up. You, You you can you can look at it because it's. 
yeah, like I said, the the rank and the ADP are the same. So these, those are the ones you know that they're severely broken for. And it's and you'll see the one the players that are just been added to the player pool are just like at exactly six hundred as the ADP and six hundred as a rank. So you can see, okay, those guys were just added. So um, you know that they're going to sort of um, the, those their ADP will shake out over time. But I think something happened where like when those players must have been added um, to the web to the to the player pool that something messed up happened. I think, and I'm noticing that also in the auction room. Um, some players have a zero AAV. I don't know if you noticed that, Seth. Altuve has a zero AAV. So people really don't know what to bid for him. And also, I think Trevor Story is another one where like there's no AAV in the auction rooms. Yeah, Altuve, I, I Altuve was one whose ADP was messed up, though, with that from that first draft we did. Yeah, I think that's been oh, corrected, though. Yeah, it was, it was, but it's just interesting that it carried over to the auction, possibly. Yeah, yeah, that is that is an interesting point. Um, let's go on to starting pitcher. Russell, who do you have for uh, starters? Who's your first starter? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Sorry, I wasn't looking. He's a pretty good season. People aren't drafting him because he hasn't signed anywhere. But he will. Um, he just worked out for a bunch of teams. He's obviously going to sign somewhere. And, you know, he pitches 100, 125 innings. He's a pretty good value after 500, no matter where he signs. Uh, the name cut out, Russell. You're going to need to repeat it or people will think that Zach bleeped I, it out. I did that on purpose so Zach wouldn't have to bleep it. <laughs> it, was, it was Michael Lorenzen. Hmm. Actually, I thought hey. I, I didn't hear what you said. So I thought you were talking about Carlos Carrasco because you were uh, like, in the line. I don't even know where he's going. His name came out from the news, didn't it? Today or yesterday or something? He's at driveline. Orioles have expressed interest. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. It's going to break some hearts because there was some uh, so there was some late night like late, late round darts that they uh, people are taking on the Orioles starting pitchers too. Well, they it's could, Hall. Yeah, yeah. I've got him on more more than half of my DCs. So signing in Baltimore would just be. Yeah, be a nice day for me. Yeah, um, Chris, who's who you got for starter? Oh man, I don't know that I have a specific one. Uh, this is where I like to mix things up a bit, and usually I back. Wait, before before you answer, we're going to talk about your like monopoly board of pitchers. You know how you were into the, uh, the the Guardian guy last year, the Guardians last year, and and the and the Mariners sort of pairing two or three pitchers. We can talk about that after if you want. So sure, that, that's going to affect your answers here. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say that's what I usually do. So usually what I do earlier in the draft will dictate what I do back here. Um, so I, I don't – I like some boring guys. I think I mentioned Tyler Anderson. Um, I think Luke Weaver is interesting, but probably for a very bad reason. So those would he be popped, my two. He, he actually popped – and I saw you drafted him. He popped him on my – like I do like a pitch, pitch mix and velo change from – like I, I look at April, May – June, July, August, September, and I look at the the velocities and the picks mix changes. And Luke Weaver was a guy that popped there. He also added a new pitch, I think, it, in the last part of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, so I don't know. Like he, he's an interesting player that I initially like sort of flagged in my initial research, and I just ended up not drafting him yet for whatever reason, just because. I took too many prospects. I needed some guys that were likely to get some innings. 
Uh, whether they're good or bad innings, I don't know. But th those were two guys I found interesting that range. Right. Seth, what about you? I think I've mentioned some of these. Martin Perez is surefire innings, you would think. Marco Gonzalez, if he's healthy, is surefire innings on Pittsburgh again. Tyler Anderson, we've already been talking about. And then some of these injured guys who are potentially good second-half guys like your David Petersons, guys like that, I think, are still good values even though they're taking up a bench spot. Um, and I did want to mention one other who is unlisted, and I've been too lazy to email Greg or Tom to add him, but I'm going to announce him to see if somebody list, is listening and adds him. Is Chase Petty, the top prospect of the Reds, who is maybe my favorite pitching prospect and could be up in the second half. Nice. I like that. So is it on me now? I wasn't ready for this, but I'm trying to – Trying to think of a guy that I want to talk about. Um, I did like uh, uh, Oscar and Yanoa for a while until they added Chris Sale because he's a, he was sort of a forgotten guy. I was getting him. No one was drafting him in the early DCs. Um, he was pretty much uncontested. But like you said, like you like – starting pitcher six, starting pitcher seven on teams because people get hurt. Um, he was good before he got hurt and um, looks like he was going to make the roster. So I, I liked him as a, as a flyer, like really late. Um, as for another one, um, I don't know if we're, we're going to talk about this, like in terms of pairing up pitchers, but like the Baltimore guys, like if you take a, a DL Hall earlier on, and uh, I don't mind taking uh, Pope Kate Povich and um, Chase McDermott. Um, Povich is actually like I did, like uh, Chris, you talked about doing filters. I did some filters on minor league stuff, but I also do some filters on the on the steamer stuff. And like Povich was a guy that popped in terms of steamer liking him, and I I don't know why, but um, looking at him, I also heard that like they're potentially going to get some start like gets like they expect them to make some starts this year. So McDermott has a better fastball. So I'm sort of kind of leaning towards him a little bit more, but I don't know, just like they're flyers um, in a good, in a good park um, really late. Don't mind them. Yeah. Those, those are decent ones. Uh, what about reliever? Um, Russell, do you want to hit us with your reliever? Yeah, let's see. Uh, there's a lot this late for good, good, solid relief arms. I like to take a, a few of them in the last five rounds. So I've, I've been taking some Jason Foley and some Griffin Jacks, um, Eric Swanson. I mean, there are a million of those guys who, you know, who will serve that, serve that purpose. Um, you know, I like Foley because the bullpen in Detroit 
isn't all that good. Maybe he could scoop up a few saves. Um, you know, Swanson, if if uh, Romero goes down, Romano goes down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any of those guys, they're all kind of interchangeable to me. Um, this season, I haven't been diversifying really much at all at the at the end of drafts um, with starters and outfielders, but with relievers, there's just so many of them that I just try to take different darts on, on every squad. Right. Okay. Those are some good names. Chris, got it. Got someone. Yeah, but I don't, I might not do specific names. I, I do teams kind of like that. Um, like, yeah, Detroit was one. But not fully. I like uh, Shelby and and Chafin, uh, Boston, right? Martin and Schreiber. Um, those are the ones I like. Anthony Bender goes really late and was forgotten about um, coming back from injury. But those are I've only done one, so these are that's kind of who fell late enough for me. But I kind of like to attack teams where I I think the the guy is either likely to get moved or, or is aging or just isn't good. Um, Cause I did really, I usually do really bad drafting early closers. So I'm always chasing back here. Right. Seth. So I'm going to die on this hill. I don't know why I'm trusting Bud Black, but I strongly believe that Tyler Kinley is the closer in Colorado entering spring training based on being <laughs> the closer to end last season and also living through the Justin Lawrence experience myself on several yeah. teams last year. Um, and then there's another one, Oakland. I know a lot of people say who cares who the closer is, but saves are saves. I actually think that Tyler Gott could emerge as the closer there. He's like one of their, I think he might be like their only quote unquote veteran. Um, and he's, had some semi-high leverage innings before, so he's kind of a really late dart throw for me. He he was not even taken in the last DC I did, so that's an interesting one. I wasn't prepared for this. I'm just looking at them. So I made a list of players, I and mean, this is the first time I'm looking at this in a long time. Um, before I made this list back in October. Um, and uh, you know, I can share my screen. Now, I have a question after or before we move on to the next thing, too. Yeah, no, go ahead. This, this, these are this is my list of players that, like, I was these are these are just like my preliminary research. You know, I, like, I did the same thing Chris does, I did some filters. This is back, and I haven't even taken all these guys. These are the players, are like, sort of like how I thought they were going to be coveted. Um, and the only player I have here as a reliever is Jordan Leisure. And I have him down here. I think he's on the White Sox. Um, I have not drafted him, but he was my reliever that I sort of – he sort of stuck out to me. Oh, okay. I think he's – I think he's – I better double-check that he's on the White Sox. But um, uh, – and they, they don't really have a definite closer. Um, stats look pretty good. And, uh, hey, look look who I have here, uh, Seth. Uh-huh. Yeah. There Smart he is. Minds. Smart minds, yeah. Yeah, he, Kobe White. I think he might. Is he a reliever? He might be. He might be a decent shot there too. I have him on this list. Um, I had my head turned. Zach, did you highlight uh, the guy at number two there? Yeah, Chase Petty. Oh, I didn't know you were going to say the name. Okay. Well, no, Seth already mentioned his name. 
Uh, honestly, I don't think I'm going to be drafting him. I think he's a little bit off, far off. But um, in terms of uh, proximity, um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think we talked about, I think we've, uh, I think we've done the, the post 500 team. Um, well, I, I was going to ask, sorry, Zach, if you don't mind. No, so, no sorry. Seth, go ahead, go. Seth go when you do all these teams, right, you do 30 DCs or whatever, when you're doing your, your build for your relief pitchers, do you find yourself stacking? Like, do you take the backups for your, you know, one and two, or do you diversify in hopes that you end up with more closers that way? I'm I'm more often than not diversify, but if we're talking about the really bad teams and really bad closers like the Washington, Oakland's, White Sox, then I will I'm I am willing to take multiple on those. But I mean if I'm if I'm taking Devin Williams, I mean I'm just praying that Devin Williams is gonna stay healthy if I'm spending that much on him already. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's interesting looking back at this list that I made back in September, October. Like, why haven't I taken some of these players? Like, they, like they sort of just became date out of sight, out of mind. Like, look, I'm looking at this Luke Little. Like, who the hell is Luke Little? Like, why did I write that guy down? And why haven't I drafted him? So I, I, I should probably look into him. Um, who else is there here? Uh, maybe on the hitter side, Nassim Nunez. Like, I, I drafted two of those guys on your list, by the way. Which uh, in in our draft? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, yeah, I, I would like these are pretty. Some of these are pretty popular names. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's. Let, um, I don't know how much time you guys have left, but I wanted to talk about some of the like the like the injury pitchers in that range, like the Springs and the Degrom. But I also wanted to talk about um, like um, if there's any like groupings of pitchers on the same team, um, like the like I talked about the Orioles already. And uh, Chris, you talked about the Mariners last year. You really hit. You really hit on Bryce Miller. Like that was a great call that was last year. Um, so let's talk about that first. Is there any like sort of me and John Al used to do these with me? Like the post five hundred teams, like we called it the monopoly board of teams, just getting all getting all of them. So one of them would hit. Are there any specific teams like for starters that you're interested in more than others? Start with Chris. Well, <laughs> I, I have a lot. Um... So if you start with me, I apologize, but uh, I have the I'd like the Dodgers, like always, right? Paxton Stone, Grove, Yarb, Yarbrough, right, and then some prospects. You got Atlanta, Elder, Smith, Shire, right? Vines, Raylo, Waldrop, uh, Baltimore. We talked about Baltimore. There's Detroit, right? You got Jack F, uh, Reese Olson, Manning, Mize, Flores, and then Gibson Long, right? You just get as many of those as you can or whichever ones you can. Uh, the Yankees have a lot of young guys. San Diego is a mess of young guys, right, and and trade guys. So those two all go late, right? So you can just get as many of those and hope you get innings, right? And then uh, another – I'm really sorry, guys. But the, the other one I like too is St. Louis, right? So those have kind of been where I would concentrate as some of these, right, because you get Matt's, Gibson. I don't know how to say some of these names with it. Um Grasefo or whatever the, the yeah. one prospect mm -hmm. is. There's Roby, Zach Thompson, and Libertori. So I think a lot of those arms are interesting. Um like, you like Libertori over Tink Hens? I'd probably take uh, they're both kind of faded. It's one of those I think you get them all, right? And just hope that you get enough innings out of some of how them. How many, right? how many players or how many of these pitchers would you take on the same team? Like let's say you're after round 30. Like you're not you're not counting like 
Reese Olsen, don't count Reese Olsen, don't count Steven Matz, because those are players that like you'd assume you can slot in rel- relatively soon. Or and yeah, confident. but see, so the, so the thing is, is I'm only getting some of the St. Louis guys if I get Matz or Gibson, right? These are my backups to those guys, right? I'm I'm stacking right. the five, six, seven, eight on the team. So, how um, many, so that's my question. After after Matz and Gibson's, how many of those players is too many? Like because you're you're. Uh, I don't I don't think three or four of them on the same team are an issue. Um, it's worked out with in years past. I mean, so many pitchers go up and down anymore. Even the Dodgers do it, right? The Dodgers, Atlanta, St. Louis had to do it last year. Um, so I would, I mean, Matt Gibson and two of those next four or three of those next uh, four guys or five guys, I out of 50, right? You're only talking about five pitchers out of 50 positions, right? That's really not that much you almost guarantee yourself innings at that point, right? And then you hope that – now I'm hoping or banking on St. Louis rebounding and fairly strongly, right? So the idea would be you're chasing wins with that too, right? Take, stacking some of that starting pitching for that team. Yeah. Seth would probably like to hear that. You're probably, you're, are you a Cardinals fan? I am not. I'm in St. Louis. I'm not actually a Cardinals fan, though. It's a long story. Okay. okay. Let's not talk about it then. I'm surprised that uh... – that you didn't see Milwaukee. Um, like they got Gasser, Mirowski, and uh, Carlos. Carlos, uh, you know, I, I should have. I, I, I didn't. I didn't go that deep in some of these. I, I do like Milwaukee, especially everybody thinks there's going to be some trades, right? So you might get a half season out of some of these guys, right? Um, I do, there are guys I like in Milwaukee. There's a lot. So yeah, it's, it's just one of those pick one or two and and go for it um so you sort of like to cover your ass of your starter like if you have mats so are you more I, i'm of- not gonna i'm not gonna get it right so what i'm gonna do is is make a decision and know that i'll get stats or or playing time out of that decision um there's no way i'm going to pick three guys from 12 different teams and and hit on all of them right that they're going to be the ones that the management of the mlb team calls up and uses so. No, I get it. I get it. Um, so let's say let's say you had a team with like Matt and Gibson on your team, but you also had Corbin Burns on your team. Are you more inclined to start protecting your your king or your rook or your rooks? You know what I mean? Ah, uh, there there's enough spots in reserve. You can do a little of both, right? Okay, fair enough. I mean, so I don't take Tyler Anderson and Luke Weaver, and I take two <laughs> Milwaukee guys instead, right? Right. But that in that in that in that strategy, you, you you have to reach a little bit to make sure you get your guys though. Uh yeah. Or you just take or you just take the few guys that fall to you out of that group. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Seth, what are you what are your thoughts on this? Do you do it? I, yes. Do you like it? Yeah, there, there's four teams that I'm really been focusing on. The Dodgers you mentioned that that's one. The Padres is another. Milwaukee, which you mentioned, is another. There's um there's a couple of guys on Milwaukee I really like that regardless of the strategy I would be drafting. Um, and then Tampa Bay is another. Tampa Bay is one that's a little bit dangerous because they have a lot of guys that could come back in the second half, like Rasmussen and Springs. Rasmussen's not coming back. Well, he could. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but, it, I mean, Tampa Bay, their their hit rate on guys they call up is pretty solid with pitching. And there's – they have a lot of candidates. They have a lot of candidates everywhere, but pitching included. Cool. Um, who's your favorite guy in Milwaukee? Um, Corbin Burns. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good answer. I like that. 
See, you've learned, you've learned your lesson on Rob's podcast. Good, good answer. Um, it, it's but, a, it's a it's a guy that was not on the roster last year. I'll say that. Not on their roster last year, and he's like going like later, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. What about wow. the injured guys? Were Springs, Degrom, like wh- where are they worth it? Are you taking multiple of those players? Robbie Ray, Molly, Seth. What are your what are your thoughts there? So last year I was I was heavily in on. I think I had Scooble on like almost every DC. I had John Means who did almost nothing. I had Hunjin Ryu, who looked like he was a broken down version when he came back. This year, I'm not. It's really just for me. It's just a case by case basis. And this year, there's just a lot more like surefire guys and like young guys. I'm intrigued by, so I haven't been taking those guys as much. I think Clayton Kershaw is one <laughs> that I have been taking, and I might have like one share of Molly so far. But I'm just. There's not as many guys in that, like, quote-unquote, second-half returning guy that I'm as intrigued by this year. Cool. You got time for the auction talk a little bit, or do you gotta, you guys got to take off? I got, I got a little bit. Um, you got time? Yeah. I, I was just going to add to the last group of players, though. So, you know, uh, is – I guess a longer time frame on that, but that also falls in the LG or Luis Garcia from Houston, right? Ashby and then Cavalli too, right? Or also those half season guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, risk reward. Uh, any setbacks cost them almost the whole season instead of just half of it. Yeah. So Cavalli was a guy that I that I'm that I was looking at like round forty nine, and I just couldn't pull the trigger on him because, like, for me to like draft one of those guys, they have to be like a stud, like even Luis Garcia is not good enough for me to be taking in these DCs because I don't know, it's half a year. Like I want the Springs, the DeGrom, if I'm going to be going after these guys, I'd much rather take a shot. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at Mal, Tyler Molly or Luis Garcia, I'd much rather take a shot at like Kate, Kate Povich or someone like that, or like, you know, uh, someone that's going to be back pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. Chris, are you going to say something? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I was scrolling you pointed, down. You pointed, I, thought you were, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was pointing to make sure this section right. I'm on my other computer, too. i got two screens. Okay. That's all right. So um, I just wanted to talk about, like, me and Seth have been in two auctions. We seem to, I, I've, been, I've been seeing you too much lately in the auctions and uh, the OC. And that's why I've been staying out of those DCs that you've been joining. I see your name. I'm like, okay, no, no more. Um and it's then very uh, flattering thank you <laughs> so but yeah we were in two auctions it's not as i don't i don't mind being in auctions because with people that like are good players as much because you can sort of do your own thing it doesn't really if you want the player you can get the player um to an extent but um notice a couple things and i'll try i'll skip over some of the stuff on this agenda because we're running long but um sort of like the inverse to what i was asking about um the um the DCs, you you have to. There's there's forced uniformity in these auctions where you have to you have to have two catchers through twenty three rounds, et cetera, right? So, um, like, what like um, who are what what are the positions that are best served to to target as one or two dollar players? Like to wait to the end to to 
to to fill last? For me, I think it's it's pretty much the same as I said for draft champions. It's from I mean, in my for for the way that I draft and the way that I buy players, it's almost always outfielders and pitchers that end up being the one dollar guys. If I'm stuck getting it, so my first auction, I was stuck without a corner infielder and a middle infielder, I think at the same time. And I believe I overpaid for Jeff McNeil and then was forced into taking Tyler Black as like a salvageable. I was really surprised that you took him just because of your style. I don't think Seth's going to take Tyler Black here. So, so the. So this is a separate conversation, but for these early auctions and these early OCs as well, I kind of have a litmus test of, is this guy potentially going to absolutely blow up in spring training and be a huge week one fab guy? I feel like he could be. And that's kind of how I treat the reserves in these yeah. as well. Um, and that changes when I'm drafting or auctioning in March. But for right now, that's, kind of my aim for those $1 guys and those reserve guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear you. That makes sense. Um, before I forget, I want to like, uh, obviously like uh, you're a great player, but I was confused about your pick of Tyler Wells in the reserve rounds after you had two catchers, because I'm usually never taking a third catcher. Um, so like I'm thinking like, okay, if you like Tyler Wells, why wouldn't you just take him as your catcher two in the auction and not take Jan Gomes? Like I'm just, I wanted, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So um, I don't. So just wanna... so, just so everyone knows, I'll sort of explain. You had I think you drafted was it JT Romuto or no? I think I had Kiebert. I had Kiebert uh, Ruiz Kiebert... and and Jan Gomes in the auction. You mean Austin in... Wells. In, in the yeah, Austin sorry, Wells. Sorry, yeah. Did I say Tyler what? Wells? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I meant Austin. Sorry. Okay. Austin, Austin Wells. Yes. Thanks for correcting me, Austin Wells. So you took and then you took the third catcher in the first round of the reserves in Austin Wells. So like I was confused by that. I was surprised by that. So. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that while you're while, so I, while I'm talking to you. So I believe what happened is I was playing 40 chess with people who still needed a catcher and throwing out a catcher I really didn't want for one dollar named Jan uh, Gomes, who really doesn't do anything well anymore, but he's worth a dollar. So I got stuck with him. I felt that <laughs> Wells is like a he's kind of that litmus test as well, where if he has a big spring training, I mean this is a potentially 15 to 20 home run guy. Or in week one, I'm potentially just dropping Gomes. So I kind of saw Wells as like the replacement. Or that's that's really an awkward situation I was put in and probably something I'm not going to do again. But it just fit my team where hopefully I can just drop Gomes because I'm not a big fan. That was a crazy – I think that was a crazy auction where like that entire reserve um, – was that the one with Rob Geis in it? Um, that entire reserve – rounds of drafts it was like that entire time i was getting players i wanted in the first round it was just like um a great a great auction all around i loved it um but in terms of the going back to the one dollar players like when i'm looking at the one my one dollar strategy like what positions do i want to fill one dollar players with is it are you looking at like your safety net and my safety net i mean like if you're say for example you're targeting matt walner for a dollar as your outfielder uh are you you might be happy with like two or three other outfielders for one dollar that you have on your list, whereas like you might only have one third baseman that you think is good for like a dollar or two. So you might not want to put all your eggs in one basket. Do you ever think about it that way? So I think I'm more 
I think it more the $1, I'm looking at not only what's available, going to be available for $1, but what's almost certainly going to be available in reserve. And if I'm, if I'm going to be happy with what I can get in reserve, like there's at least five outfielders that are always reserves in these auctions. And so I'm, that's, that's one reason why I'm absolutely fine taking a couple $1 outfielders is I know that I'm going to have options from the reserves and, you know, hopefully a couple of them pan out. If you have bad luck, they won't, but you know, there's, there's definitely some upside guys in that, like we're talking about like post 380 P which is basically what the reserves are. Yeah. So um, knowing in these auctions and doing a lot of them, um, all the closers and most of the specs go in that auction round. So the reserves are usually littered with quality starting pitchers. Um, nailing the unheralded like spec closers and starters uh, like that can be huge. I've seen that. Um, how many reserve picks? I guess you sort of answered that when you said like, you just want to hit the guys like in these early auctions, you just want to get the guys that are going to be more valuable come spring training. But like really how many of these like spec, like relievers and starters, like I'm thinking of a starter, like I've seen, I don't know, Max go in the reserves. I've seen Severino, I don't know, whatever. Um, how many of these, how many of your reserve picks are you allocating to pitchers? And what are some of the, um, who are some of the guys you like? If you want, if you, if you're willing to say. Sure. Paddock's not a reserve anymore. No, unfortunately. Um, I did, I did him for a dollar in the first auction before I hyped him up. I saw um, that. I, I don't even think he was purchased before that auction. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was one. We've talked about Wicks. He's definitely another that I got as I think it was my last round pick um, in the reserves of the second auction. But I'm usually getting at least four starting pitchers. There are just so many pitchers. I know we were talking before about like fifth and sixth starters. There are just so many like fifth and sixth starters that are in that 300 plus ADP that I really like and have huge upsides. And then if they make it through spring training are probably going to be in rotation and probably going to be going for 20 plus fab. So like Wicks is one. I know uh, Aaron Ashby was mentioned. He may not start the year healthy, but I'm kind of obsessed with him as like a great arm ground ball pitcher guy. Um, and, and even guys that, you know, maybe they're going to keep down to limit their innings for a couple of weeks. Like, but generally the, with the way that I'm buying pitching and going cheap on the back end of my pitching staff, I'll get at least four starting pitchers and that reserves. Right. Now uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to ask, well, I'll end this off with two questions. Um, one's for you, Seth. One's for you, Chris. Seth, you're an auction. Chris, you're a DC question. Um, what's like, I'll give you mine first. What's it, What's one unheralded piece of advice? Like you won't hear much when you're doing auctions. And mine, and if I had to say one, is sort of like count cards. Like I count the number of really bad picks in an auction. Like and going back to our auction, Seth, like pitchers that like that should or I think could not be taken in the auction and should go like in the reserve or not at all. And in our auction, Skeens, I know people like him, but like, I don't think I wouldn't take him in the auction round. Cade Horton, AJ Smith Shaver, Robbie Ray, AJ Minter, they all were going in the auction. So, like, that means there's going to be like the more the position is butchered, the better chance you're going to get one or two dollar players at the end. So, that allowed me to allocate more money to hitting and be more like top heavy 
in pitching and like in, for example i got aaron savali for two dollars in that draft when he's usually more than that but it just a way just an example of how it worked out um so just basically counting how many and maybe it won't be so relevant in like vegas drafts where you're drafting against better competition but just counting the counting the number of players that should be reserve picks really will give you um an inkling of who your one dollar player should be like what position they're coming from yeah, I agree with that assessment. I was going to say it another way. It's just playing around the reserves. And that's basically um, what I said a minute ago. Just, you know, I know I'm going to take four pitchers. And so the back end of my starting, uh, back end of my nine pitchers is probably not great. But I feel good about the four or five pitchers I'm going to be able to get in reserves, which is just another way of saying what you exactly, what exactly you said. And then I something earlier, earlier that I feel like is only valid for using the online draft software on NFBC. And that is, I think people with players that are 25 bucks and above in the average auction value, they rarely go way off their average auction value. So I feel like you can basically pre-draft your team if you want to, in terms of the most expensive guys and have a good idea of say, there's, you know, 10 guys you like that are over 25 bucks you can have a good idea that you're going to get some of that group and kind of plan the entire roster around that. And that's something that you can't do when you're, you know, in a in-person room drafting with your friends. Yeah. That's and doing an auction. I'll have the a same really average valuable piece of advice that you, it, it seems obvious, but it's not always execute, executed. Now, going back to DCs, and we'll wrap this up here, Chris. Uh, again, same question, but I'll ask you for the DCs. What's an unheralded piece of advice for that? And mine, I would say, is um, identify around 40 to 50 targets. Like, I'm always looking for the same players usually. Like, those are the, my guys. What positions are they? Are they outfield pitcher? I, like, for me, I think it's pitcher and outfield that I like in those rounds 40. There might be a couple. I think Russell said a couple second basemen, but um, – like you don't want to end up with 13 outfielders. So like, I'm always like, Oh man, like when I'm doing these DCs, like there's all these outfielders or certain position that I like. So it's like, they say, they say drafting backwards is important, but like it doesn't start like drafting backwards from around 23, start drafting backwards from around 50. And uh, that's a mistake that I've made in uh, before. And um, just something that I'm going to be more cognizant of in the future. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I I think a, a lot of people kind of just draft and either don't have a target or don't have a plan and they end up with players and then have to adjust too late in the draft and then they have to take uh, very aggressive turns in, in what they're doing the rest of the draft. Uh, so I would say like, it's just very important to have like a, a target for like each category, right? How many counting stats you want, right? And then you're plugging away as you go. So you know, as you're moving through the draft that you, when you need to adjust before it's too late kind of thing. Um, and, and yeah, I mean the depth, whether you uh, draft backwards from round 30, 40, 50, you know what you can get later. Right. Um, so obviously you can backfill with some of that, but I always make sure that I guess with my starters, I come close to my targets and then wherever my greatest weakness is, is what I shore up first and with the most depth. Um, like if I'm light on power, I make sure I get that early with maybe more stable contributors and early reserve, or if it's speed, same thing. Um, so just 
I, I am very, I track like my targets through the draft and I make sure that I can achieve at least most of them. And then I, I pile up bench pieces to, to help it chip in on that. So that's, that's pretty much my, my goal through the first 30 rounds. And then the rest is fun. Nice. So that's about it. That's all I had. Um, you guys have anything to, anything to add? You want to plug anything like your Twitter handle? Bjorn? Uh, I, I had a question for Russell. Um, are we going to see Russell's uh, gold predictions on your website this year? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I hadn't even thought about that. I don't think I did them last year. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll throw some together. No, I'll you didn't. You, you you refused to provide them. I DM'd you. I asked you. I mean, I was hounding you for them. Maybe uh, maybe I can twist your arm this year. Maybe maybe for you, if I could get a a free uh, free access to your Patreon for Bjorn's births, then maybe <laughs> we could work something out. Oh yeah, it sounds great. All right, that's a deal. Oh, we got a special guest that joined us here. question why am i here just just ask me answer me this question why am i on here i'm on two minutes and i see bjorn i'm already annoyed you know this guy trackman's on full auto at least on the draft thank god for that you know on our, on our dc I, they were doing i thought you were here to tell me i'm up no. <laughs> they tracked you, you down yeah so have we have we covered everything in the NFC or it's not going to be complete until the, I've had 38 well, text messages today, at least about what's my opinion on the whole fucking thing is if 38, I, I I've got 30. like a hundred of them. What? I got like a hundred messages. I've got more than you. I might be the new godfather of the NFBC. Because I made you so famous and that's why everybody comes to text you now. Well, no, Mike, we're, we're done with the technical part of the podcast. We can like, get rid of everybody Seth, then. Seth and uh, Russell and, and, and Chris. So that's all the technical stuff, all the numbers and all the actual like help helpful stuff is done um but yeah we're gonna we'll say goodbye to chris thanks chris yeah thanks for having me again zach it was a pleasure right. so take care guys mike has this chris. On people. It's okay. yeah, chris all right so yeah now we're um yeah mike, mike wanted to pop in as a special uh guest here no and, i didn't uh, you asked me to come do this i didn't i didn't want it's freaking after midnight when did when did it ever come like oh i wanted to come in here let's let's get this straight no, yes, yes, I, I definitely asked you to come in. That's that's right. You want to? There's just so much going going on in on Twitter. Give me a proper introduction. To get the, when, I, when I come on my pod, I expect a proper introduction when I might come on my podcast, right? You just you just showed up, right. like Pokeroo. Yeah, I randomly showed up. That's what I do. I'm here oh. now. What do you want from me? Now, I'm so trying we, to retire we, from we, podcasting. You know, obviously. So now yeah, everyone's here. everyone's welcome to stay, but Mike is the finale of this. We're, we're, we're on the finale. We're, we're ending off with Mike the Mouth coming on like old times, and we're going to talk about just what's going on in the NFBC these days. What's going on in Twitter? Um, we had a couple couple things that we had on the agenda to talk about. Um, wanted to start first thing that we have, and I wanted to I wanted to talk to Mike. You about haven't even this. properly introduced me to your guest. 
Zach. I don't know these people. I mean, I I know Bjorn's a fake person. Bjorn? I know that for sure. You know, you know Russell Weathers? This is the first meet up. It's the first time I'm meeting Seth. And now Russ, you know, I haven't seen, I mean, I know Russ and I have been in different drafts before and everything, right? Russ, have you ever been in person before? We've never been in person, but my wife knows who you are because we were watching TV one night and you sent me a gif of some floppy running dildo thing telling me it was my turn to make a pick. And she's like, who the fuck is this guy texting all this weird stuff? Do you even know him? Yeah. So I, I should I should go wake her up so she so you can see who, who we send that. Yeah. He, Russ has got the, the best, about as good audio as you have, Zach, all the time when I listen to you. That's about the, that's about the same level of audio I'm used to when I come out of the podcast. Thanks for How do I sound now? How do I sound? the best. You sound better. Russ sounds he's got like a wet sock in his mouth. Well, this is Seth. Seth Trackman. He's um, Seth, one of the best draft Seth. champions players that you'll ever meet. Right. Um, and you're just meeting him for the first time, which is he's one of the greatest. One of the greatest. I thought, I thought you. I thought you had everyone's phone number in your phone that ever. Played I don't. Seth. Seth he refused. Seth refused. I asked. I asked in the chat. Can I have everybody's cell number? Out and out refused to give me a cell number. Not. Wouldn't do it. So well, I brought you I'm, on here. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a very responsible week. drafter. He's, he's I feel like. <laughs> I guilted him to put him on. He put himself on full auto for the rest of the draft, which is good. More than I can say. And this is a one-hour clock, and it's taking longer than the one I had that we did before with a two-hour clock. Let's go, go, go figure with that. That's a shame. That's a shame. That's so what do you, uh, we got to we got to get into the old NFBC. We talked. You know, we had guilds to begin the the podcast. He 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 asked me to come on. So did and you asked me to come on too. And you both wanted. We we got a New York Mets sandwich on this podcast. Um, two New York Mets fans. But we're going to talk about that. But we got we've got some stuff going on in Twitter. We, we got to we got to we got to address some things. So first of all, we have um, and I and I put these in some notes and I can share my screen actually. Um, here we go. We have Mike Curland um, tweeting at Bryce Miller and Mike Curland, and this is actually Bryce Miller. Uh, Mike, you know who Bryce Miller is, right? Yeah, I'm kind of familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I didn't know. I, I I've been. I, in, I know it's hard to believe that I actually. I've been in DCs with you, and I'm not sure if you know who. I've actually done pretty well once in a while at this over the over the last you know 17 years or so that I've been doing this. You know. So he. I've been, Mike doing, I've been doing this longer. I've been doing this. You know, when I first started doing this, some of these guys were still jerking off the pictures of fucking what's his face. Uh, you know, uh, what the hell's his name? Jeffrey well, Dahmer. Chandler. What's what his name, Mike? I can't even. I can't even hear what you're saying, Bjorn. Chandler for Fred. You're jerking off. Get Chandler out of the shower. Get out of the shower. Bjorn, okay. why, why is Bjorn like broadcasting from like his shower? There's like a shower curtain in the background. He's like sitting there in a shower. He's sitting. What is he sitting on the pot? You know, in his bathroom. This is what you do. These are the kind of guests you have on. You bring me on with. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. So can I get to can I get to the punchline here? Get to the punchline. Go ahead. So Mike Curland, my good friend, responds to the Bryce Miller. Do you happen to always twitch the glove on the fastball? Didn't do it on the splitty, and it caught my attention. So basically, like Bryce Miller's is doing some like warm ups in the gym, and like when he threw uh, the fastball, I guess he like twitched his glove like once or twice, and like super obviously. So like Mike Curlin's like finding Bryce Miller tipping pitches here. I think like, immediately. I think the Seattle Mariners should reach out to Bright Mike Curlin. And please hire him away from all of us. So I don't ever have to hear from Mike Curlin again. He can go work for the Seattle Mariners and give him all the stupid ass advice. And we never have to hear from Mike Curlin again. I think it'd be the best thing that ever possible happened. So please, like if he you're thinks, hearing this, he thinks he's found like 
You think she found Bryce Miller tipping pitches? Probably. And you know, that's exactly because you know when you're like a Twitter warm up video. Yeah, when you're doing a warm up yeah. pitches in the gym, obviously you're, you you know you're, that's exactly how you're going to behave in a in a game situation on the mound. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Next, we got a Rasball article that I that um I found. I, I sent you this. So these this is uh this guy's avoids. Um, it wasn't. It's not Gray Albright didn't write this. Is one of his guys that wrote this. I forget his name, but basically these are his pitcher avoids one of them was yuri perez i know you love yuri perez mike um but i've circled it um he said is there anybody perez, on this podcast he... who doesn't like yuri perez i'm just curious it's the seth the seth the great seth trackman a problem with yuri perez does the more amazing russell withers you know and does the does the you know mr tidy bowl over there bjorn masterson not like yuri yuri perez either or no i'm waiting he's to hear fine. respond no one he's fine you know why you know i like him he's fine okay yeah, he's all right. He's a good pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Okay. So they say that he isn't even guaranteed to start in the majors. Mike, what do you have to say about that? I think he's a jackass. Where of course who writes this because obviously he's got a, he's he's doing this for clicks, obviously. Because every every anybody who knows, I, I will bet how much money should I bet? You know, how much money we, we should would I would I bet right now? I I, I, I bet. bet I bet gotta, my you wife. Gotta find, you got. You got to Mike. You got to find everywhere Blair. That's who wrote it. Actually, I just looked it up. Everywhere. Who was his name? Every on Twitter. Everywhere Blair. You got to find that guy and bet him money. He's guaranteed. Uh, he's not even guaranteed to start in the majors. Yeah, that that right. You're, yeah, he's only your. He's only your SP one probably at this point of your team. But he's probably not guaranteed to start because he needs more seasoning. Right. See, this is the shit. This is why. This I'm telling you. I, I really want to give my official statement on the NFBC and all the crap that's been going on because you know as the Godfather of the NFBC. After almost 18 years of doing this, you know, I, I have to give my position on all this crap because the reason it just it's a wake up call for anybody listening to this. I hope everybody out there listens to this to get my official position on everything that's going down right now, because half of these morons that write this shit right now would have no platform to do this if it wasn't for the NFBC. They, they, they would be irrelevant. They'd be in the, if the NFBC goes belly up because of this, quote unquote, scandal. Most of these jackasses that write this crap would be dead tomorrow. No one would give a shit about what they say because there's no more platform for fucking fantasy baseball. You, are you dumb jackass? There's an old expression that goes, don't shit what you eat, right? Don't shit what you eat, morons. Keep it to yourself. You have a job and you write this garbage because of the NFPC, because of all the things that Greg has so graciously done over the years to get to this point. And now, okay, you all have to shit all over it or, or, or doubt it or question it or whatever. Don't, don't get me started when I start calling out some certain people, which I'm going to do in a few minutes. I'm just getting warmed up with this guy. But you write this garbage like Yuri Perez. Okay, oh, he's not going to be a starting pitcher. Okay, that, okay that's same, right. same article here. They go, um, they're not going to draft Tariq Skubal because they say that Dane Dunning at the ADP 460, they're comparing Dane Dunning to Tariq Skubal, um, plays for the reigning world champions, uh, Texas Rangers, and he, he has Scubal has two less wins and nearly twenty five percent fewer strikeouts in the last two years. But they're confused. They're, but they're also ignoring that Scubal's been hurt. So they're they're comparing a cumulative strikeout stat between Tariq Scubal and Dane Dunning. Right. And then does, does this guy get money for this? Does he get? Does he work for know. a site that's like a paid site that people pay him to write this shit, or is he just making this shit up? Who is this guy that wrote this garbage? I don't know. Is I don't know if he's getting paid. I'm not sure. Okay. But um, anyways, uh, next one here uh, is Brendan Tuma. Um, I've been sleeping on Galoff's stolen base upside. I just found it funny because I bet you this guy hasn't done a single fucking draft. Like, how are you Probably sleeping not. on it? 
How many sleep? You didn't even done anything. With a name like Brendan Tuma, okay, that tells you right there. Anybody with a name like that's got to be like a douchebag, okay? That's the, the right, right there tells you uh, tells you a ton. I don't know. I've I've been don't sleeping. Even know this guy. Who cares about what you've been sleeping? Who cares? Does anybody care if you've been sleeping on this guy? Nobody cares. It's like it's like this is the generation we live in. All these twenty-something-year-olds look at me, look at me. I'm important. I'm a content creator. You know, I'm an influencer, etc. You know, you know the amazing thing back, you know, thirty-something years ago when I was doing this stuff forty years ago back in the day, right? We didn't have any of these kind of platforms and shit, you know? You didn't go out and said, hey, look at me, I'm an influencer. Look at me, I'm a content creator. You know what we did? We just fucking did it. And we just did it. And then people noticed it and they either liked it or they didn't. We didn't have to go around and look at me and just and assert all this kind of crap and say they were important because you're not important. You're irrelevant, right? We're not. We all know, everybody on this pod knows about Zach Geloff and where we should be, where we should be drafting him. We all know about his stolen base upside. Is that correct? Not Bjorn, because he's just shitting on the toilet. He doesn't give a shit about anything. Long as like, all he cares about is his toilet paper there or not. But I'm talking about these great players like Seth and Russell. Is there any doubt that we is that Geloff is, is a good play, is a good play, and we know he's got some stolen base upside? Does anybody not know this on this pod? I'm just curious. Sure. That's actually not true. I, I do know that Bryce Miller wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. Oftentimes, uh, professional athletes will have a special glove twitch or they'll touch their heart or something when they want to greet their children and they've been away for a, a long time. So he was actually just um, saying hello to his dog. Uh, his name's Champion. So that, that was actually a scoop I broke. You know, you know, you know Zach, the, the, the weeks go by, the months go by, and every time I see Bjorn on one of these things, he is just tediously painful. Anything that comes out of his mouth is just tediously painful, right? Just all sit right, there. Right. Just finish your so, shit. Mike, Whatever you're doing, just sit there. Let's finish. Let's get through these things so that I can get my position. List, we have a list of people that you wanted to, that we, that mean you were going back and forth that we have to address today. Now, I'm thinking we address these individuals first, and then we end with your global thoughts on the NFBC quote unquote scandal. Do you, or do you want to do it in the reverse? Because yeah, I, I, I think you got to start. I think we got to start with Mike Govier. So um, I sent you, I sent you that. Uh, well, you sent me a video. There's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. But um, he goes independent of what's next. I feel confident in saying that now is the ideal time to play NFBC without the fear of fraud. It's similar to flying right after the plane crash or traveling right after a terrorist attack. The most vulnerable time you have already passed. Jack, you're just an instigator, man. That's all you are. You're a troublemaker. Why can't you? You have to work to be more universally loved, like I am, because you know <laughs> it's like you know you're just like a troublemaker. People that you know you just alienate people. Unlike me, that's all. That's that's so inclusive and embraces everybody. Right. So what do, what do you what do you think? Like he's he's posted a bunch of videos. I said before on the, uh, at the beginning look, of this podcast. Look, here, I, look, I, I try. I I try. I, I've tried with Govier many, many times. I've, I've been on his pod. I try to support him. I try to help him find jobs and donations and do all these things. And I've texted him personally to help him out as much as I possibly can because I want to coach the guy and help this guy, you know, through life a little bit and get, get back on his feet or whatever it is, okay? And every time I go on Twitter okay, or, or whatever the fuck it's called right now, I come across, a, he he just challenges me. You know, I I, 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 I don't want to shred the guy. I, I It's like, you, you're just baiting me. To really I don't want to either. I've, I've, I haven't. But Mike, this, 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 this might surprise you, but I'm actually, I, I would consider Govier a friend. I really like Govier. We DM a lot, and I think, I think he's a good guy. 
I, I agree with yeah. that, but did you did, did anybody think... let me ask you let me ask let me ask everybody who's sitting here right now? Did anybody on this pod just ask me to ask ask Bjorn's opinion of what I thought about Govier? I didn't hear myself, he I didn't hear my words come out of my mouth. Let me hear what go uh, Bjorn's opinion on Govier is. I don't care. I'm sure he's got lots of friends. I'm not saying he's not likable. You know, I'm not saying that at all. Okay? I'm not saying I dislike him, but I, what I what I want to say about this is that he goes on, he's like, Oh, Derek's my friend, he did all these good things, and then but all he's doing is amplifying the situation yet at the same time saying absolutely fucking nothing of consequence, just amplifying like all the negativity for, I don't know, attention. That's what I, that's what, that's exactly, what I that, But that's the point I'm trying to make. Okay. That's the point I'm trying to make. Everybody is like, Oh, I desperately need attention. I want attention. You know? So I got to get on there and I got to do a video every five minutes. And he puts this video out about how horrifying, how horrible and shocked, Okay, it's like it's like Doctor Dave and his stupid ass, you know. Oh, he's all. I said no one died. There's no there. No one. No one died. No whatever. We're talking about an individual who did something incredibly stupid, probably maybe even criminal, and and, and was cheating or whatever. Whoa, gee, that never happens in the world, right? We never hear instances of that ever happening anywhere else. What do you live under a rock? You know, I, I these people, you know, that are out there. Does anybody, do any of you people own a company? I'm going to ask you a question. I'm just going to be, and I'm not picking on Russ or Seth or whatever. Let me ask you a question, Seth. Do you own a, do you, do you own a company? Do you own a business of your own? No, I do not. You do not. Russ, do you have, do you have your own company? Do you run your own company? Are you an entrepreneur? Do you own your own company? No. No. Bjorn, oh, forget Bjorn. I know that's, that, that goes without saying. Okay. Zach doesn't, whatever. I, I've been an entrepreneur for going on 30 some odd years. Okay. Thankfully, somehow, I, whatever I do, works it's been a successful business i have been through everything in business in my life everything okay every crazy ass thing that could possibly happen including having an ex-partner who i got fucked over by because i found out later he had the demons of alcohol everything's always a demon you know whenever something we goes wrong we, we we push it off on some kind of demon that there is out there right it's alcohol it's gambling it's this and whatever okay it's always a demon later on you know and make okay whatever fine so, but I, but I suffered the consequences, right? No one's living in Tom and I mean, Greg's shoes right now. I mean, this was his baby. He built this thing forever. He created an institution out there. And I graded, I have locked horns and people who don't know me from way back when go back and look up my old message boards. Boys. I used to be, they almost, I was almost going to get booted. I was so bad in the NFPC because I would just be, I'd be the number one critic of the shit that was going on in the early days of the NFPC on the boards about, you know, improvements and, and the service and, you know, issues and breakdowns and whatever okay i used to make fun of the it department because it was a joke all these different things okay but, it, but the whole angle was i want to make things better yeah i offered i offer solutions you never hear anybody offering any solutions it's like they want to point out all the problems they want to they say all these negative things and oh it's like it, you should have known that's my favorite one that's my that's my favorite line oh you should know oh really is that, that's like saying, you know, you 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 found out one day your wife was cheating on you after 15 years, you know, and someone comes up to you, you jackass, you should have known, you should have seen the writing on the wall, you should have known she was going, you should have had her followed, you should have, you should have, you know, clicked her phone more. Yeah, hindsight's 2020. Everybody's, everybody's, uh, uh, you know, ret retroactively got all this brilliant advice on how we should have done it. Let me tell you something, okay? If someone wants to be a criminal who's part of your company, right, if you own a business, I don't care what kind of fail safes you have in place. It happens in the federal government all the time. They're gonna they're gonna do it. Okay. And then you know what's gonna happen? They're eventually gonna get caught. 
He said, they're going to suffer the consequences. You're going to take a hit as well, too. You know, I mean, you know, what's, you know, stuff goes on. I work in the healthcare industry. Do you know how many offices that you people go into? You guys go to anybody here, go to a dental office. Anybody go to the dentist here? Anybody go to a medical office? Do you know how much, you know how at risk your personal information is at medical office, dental office? These jackasses don't know anything about protecting your stuff. It's, it's, it's exposed constantly, you know, all the time. And people just blindly put their faith in it all the time. Okay, this is this this small mom and pop operation that Greg and Tom are running. Thank God it's not some corporate monstrosity that it probably is going to be focused on. We're going to find out it's one person who did a few things, you know, and with with a, with a cousin of his, and the hammer's going to go, and they're going to clean it up quickly, like they had to do things in the past before. Because if this was this was it, it could be a much bigger scandal if that was the case. If it was a big corporate entity, and that's the case, you know. But but truthfully. Yeah, they 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 suck. They they find out the hard way. Sometimes you find out the hard way in business that who you're in bed with, who you thought was a friend, and who you and you get betrayed. Yeah, and he got betrayed. They took they trusted in somebody because got someone's got to have access to this information. Someone's got to have access to this. This is not NASA. This is not NORAD. You know, they're not going to have the fail safe. You know, kind of you know, uh, I'm sure technology, whatever to to for every contingency. I'm sure. All right. So they found out it, it sucks because it fucked over a lot of people. And then these people, you know, like the Govies and the Antis and the Rasball, Gray Albrights and these idiots come out of the woodwork and they're all completely claiming, oh, we're not, I'm not putting my money here. Keep your fucking money. Every one of you guys, keep your fucking money. Your $50 DCs, your, or your fastballs, your $150. I spend more money than that in a weekend. And I'll I'll pay I'll pay all the interest fees you can lose. You can keep Yancey and your fucking fifty dollars, whatever you spend a year, because we don't need it. You know, it's amazing all the big the big the big shots, the whales that spend all the money. They're all lined up to keep paying. I hear about pots. I hear this one, this one. They're all fine because they understand business. They understand okay that uh, Greg and Tom, and they know what kind of people are behind the whole thing. There was no, there was no intentionality here. No intention. If we find out that Greg intentionally was into this whole thing and it was let, it was purpose. That's a different story, okay? And yes, there's an, and they all want an investigation to happen immediately. Oh, the investigation only gone. It's just been two days. Yeah, it's been two days. Okay, they're finding out stuff. They're putting it out there. Oh, you got to be more transparent. How much more transparent can you be than putting all that shit in the message boards and putting all that shit out there? What would you, what would you like them to do? You know, open up the books to the entire organization for you to look at, because because you, you're some because you make some kind of jackass comment and you're gonna be able to look at the books and figure it all out on on a glance. You know, I'm looking for one constructive bit of advice, okay? Because all shoulda woulda coulda after the fact. You didn't hear anybody making these recommendations. Oh, when they were giving their money before for all these years, there was no problem for all these years. There was no recommendations coming. Oh, by the way, no, of course, because they're all lined up and gave their money, okay? And all of a sudden. These people are these they're, they're they're terrible. We know what they're doing. I can't trust them. That's not the case. You know, millions and millions of dollars you know, have flown through this organization, tens of millions. They pay, you get paid, they're 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 high, and, and maybe they're high service to a fault. Because if you if you get you, you can roll back a pick. There, I heard someone criticizing, oh, you have the ability to roll back a pick. Yeah, that's great that you have that ability. That's not a bad thing if it's if it's done if it's done on the level and a client wants that, you know, people are spending money for this shit. Right. So that's great. But so all, so all of a sudden, all the positive things are now negative. Right. We should run this like a fucking ironclad, you know, you know, you know, state here and we can't do nothing and there's no leeway and whatever you people don't realize how good to get it. You get to communicate openly with the owner of the company every day if you want to. 
You have access to, I have Tom's cell number. I got Greg's cell number. I had Derek's cell number. I had everybody's I had cell number back in the day. So if I wanted to voice something, I wanted to talk to them, they were always accessible. They were always transparent. They were always talking about everything to everybody. They're always trying to make everything right. And now we're going to shit all over them. These, these little people in the industry, okay, are going to shit all over these people and cry foul and cry. It's easy to stand in judgment of people, man. It's so easy to do that. Absolutely. Okay. We know, we all know, you know, it, that was Derek and it was a stupid fucking thing. Trust me. I got my issues with him too over the time, but you know how many things I've had to deal with Derek on over the years, you know, to, to make all those events, to have the MTM party in Vegas go down, to have all the, the other uh, specialty drafts go down. I had to work through Derek, you know, the, the wheel we did, the prize wheel, all these different things. I had direct contact with him. So I feel like what that, that's kind of a slap in the face to me because it shits over all the shit that I do. I'm not even on the fucking payroll. You know, I don't, you know, I don't go around and say, oh, look at me. Look at all the great things do for the NPC. I just fucking do it because you know what? I have a passion for the game. I love doing it. I get to meet a lot of great people. You know, look, at, I, if it wasn't for, it wasn't for me, where would Zach be today? I mean, I, I met him, Sutherland, and now he's a, now he's a superstar in the industry. You know, now Seth and I are going to be best friends. Russ is going to have me for over for dinner to meet his wife. You know, Bjorn, I'll never, I'll do, I want nothing to do with ever. But other than that, you know, for the most part, you know, I have everybody. I have everybody telling me we wanted your opinion. We we you know you, you're a stand up. You're a stand up pro. We care about what you have to say. They're saying we have nothing but the greatest respect for you and whatever. Okay, great. I don't work for the company. Okay, I don't get paid to say this. I don't make any dollars for filling up leagues. I don't do any of that kind of shit or to have a party or to have drafts or any of these things. Okay, I do it because I believe in this in this organization. I want it to exist and keep going. And I don't want people running to the hills. They did this during COVID. We all remember COVID, right? Remember 2020? The world was coming to an end. It's a pandemic. How can you have it? I'm not putting my money up for these leagues for this 60-game season. I heard all the crying and bitching. And, and guess what? The people that did, I had some people rally around Greg and, Greg and Tom and buy 19 leagues. Scott Fleming, my good friend of mine, big high, we played. What, 19 main events that year just to support to keep it going and played 19 main events and a shortened season. Right. That's the kind of loyalty you have around those customers. You know, so all right now we want to hear from what we should be hearing more from on Twitter you know, or, or on social media. It's from all the people. And I've seen some good some good things out there as well, too, from different people and on the message boards I read tonight. OK, even even like people like Shrebro, of all people, who's Mr. Negative Nelly about most shit all the time. He's even saying positive shit. OK, if you Mark Shrebro saying Gecko saying positive shit, who's not even playing any main events anymore as of this year. All right. You know, that should tell you speak volumes about stuff. Listen to those people. Stop listening to the Yanceys and the Chamberlains and the, whoever these people are out there. Who, you know, talk, the Smadas. He's another one. I sense uh, who put this crap out today about whatever, you know, Chamberlain, Chamberlain's quote about, oh, well, if I had the ability to cheat, I would cheat more. Are you serious? That's what you would do. Well, I'm glad you have. I'm glad you weren't working for the NFBC. At that time, this is a pure idiot stream of idiocy that people just want to put out there at, for nothing. So do me a favor. Don't play anymore. Don't comment anymore. Don't put your content. Go away. All of you. We don't know when I'm speaking as the unofficial spokesperson for the NFPC. You say you're inclusive. Like I'm so inclusive. No, I'm not. I'm not inclusive. I'm inclusive until you're succeeding. You fucking stab me in the back. Then you're dead to me. That's how it works. Okay. So you know what you're, you're inclusive. If you're gonna if you're gonna betray, okay, people. Like I said before, I, I give I give Greg and Tom even to talk to Derek was a when he puts a, it was amazing that he even talked to him. Okay, my ex partner when he pulled the shit that he pulled, I'm not gonna give you the whole story. And and he pulled and it was it cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars and legal fees and all kinds of crap. And I I sat in depositions across from this fuck. 
in a, a table with a, with a lawyer on each side of the table, my attorney deposing the motherfucker with a, with a, the court with the mediator sitting there, and I didn't look at him for three fucking days, and he was five feet away from me. I wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't acknowledge him. He tried to talk to me. I walked right out of the on the guy as well too, because you, when you do that kind of shit, you'd go on. You're dead to me. Now go ahead. Go get your life together. Go get your shit together. You know, I feel bad for his kids. I feel bad for his wife. I feel bad for his family. All that stupid. You ruined yourself. Ruined it. Okay. In, over, over over greed, idiocy. You know, you had it all. You were supposed to be the. He was supposed to be the heir apparent to the NFPC. That was the talk. That this is Greg's last year, potentially retiring soon, and that Derek was going to step in. You had it made in the shade. Right. And you piss it away over stupid ass, greedy, dumb shit you do. OK, so now you pay the price. Right. Other people are going to come in, fill the gap. Life will go on. There's been people that I've heard over the last God knows how many you know, 17 18 years I've been doing this right now. I've heard many people. I'm leaving. I'm threatening. Guess what goes on? People still buy leagues. People still go play. People still do it. It's evolved. Shit's going to happen. Wasn't the first like, time it's, it's, you're basically saying, summarizing what I said. It's like all these fantasy baseball Karens, they want to complain and they want to like tell on people and say like, this is so bad. I can't believe it. You got, yeah, you got, you're they, screenshotting. He's screenshotting the chat. You know, it's, it's a bad enough day as it is already that poor Tom, you know, and I, it's not often I say poor Tom because he's the butt of, butt of most of my jokes. Okay. Most of the times. Okay. Poor Tom is sitting home with his cat today, right? Uh, and he's basically, his, uh, uh, and he's got he's got to be the one forced to, to answer the is he chat. Cat? Like, is he a cat? yeah, he's got cats. That's a, that's a big running joke about it. him and his cats, right? Okay. So okay. he's a cat person, but he's sitting home with his cats, you know, and he's got he's got it in, in his underwear, you know, and so flipping back and forth between his porn and between the this the site the site there to answer the chat, like uh, in, the, in the in the contest lobby, him and this other guy all day long. And he and Yankee's got to pop in there, okay, and add his two cents, you know, and start railing on giving Tom shit about about the whole thing, questioning him in the public chat. It's not yeah, bad and Tom's to Tom trying to stay hard, and then Yancey pops right. up and he's getting soft. Exactly, right? he's a total. Yeah. Like I said, that's it. Kills it right there. So Kills he's it. there, and the poor. And I guess I said, and he's trying to be diplomatic. And you, what was the point of going into the chat to just go into go up on Tom? You know, with your high and mighty approach, while other other customers are in there asking questions about, you know, what league to get in or whatever, you just go on there, you know, and you and you got to give your two cents and question and the integrity about shit and how you're doing things because, of course, the whole world answers to you. World answers to Yancey Eaton. Oh, we got to answer to Yancey. Got to answer to Alex Chamberlain. Got to answer to Gray Albright, another fucking fake name. You know, a person that's out there. You know, I'm sick of these people. Everybody's a fake. Everybody's a phony. Everybody's hanging behind a burner account like Bjorn, not even a real person. All right. We know that it's a fake, you know, and that's it. And they went, and they went around. This is what they do all day long. They got no balls. They got no guts. They they have no, they had started nothing and created nothing on their own. They sit there and just judge and make commentary. Fine. Don't play. You know, go there, go fan tracks, go to the other place. There's plenty of platforms to go spend fifty, hundred dollars or whatever. I don't want to hear your shit for one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. You haven't earned that right, okay? If it, you know the people that have that, that have given their heart and soul, the NFBC, and and not to mention God knows how much money, right? Those are the people you want to listen to. Listen to those people talk. Listen to the Dave Potts of the world talk, or yeah, you know, or God forbid, even the Shrebros of the world talk, or or me, or people like that. 
Okay. That people that just do this, like, like, it's like round the clock, almost like how many months a year they eat, sleep and breathe this kind of shit. Right. And yeah, so the, the, the integrity of the people, whoever's listening to this podcast, when it goes out there, just, just skip forward all the earlier shit. Cause the earlier part of the show wasn't probably worth anything. I'm sure. So just listen to this part of the show. Right. I'm, I'm glad you got to this point because this I, is the I kind just, of stuff. I, I just want to say something too. Like I agree. I agree. Like these people, like, the show's going to go on. Like, guess what? Like, oh, like NFBC and you need an audit. Guess what? They're going to do what they're going to do behind the back. And then you're going to play or you're not going to play or go fuck yourself. So it's it, the show's going to go on. This will be a blip. And you got, you can come, you can, you can come or you can go. You don't think they're swarming on them right now that the, the regulatory agencies and people they got to deal with behind the scenes are giving them a load of shit about everything. They are. And they're going to have to answer to it. And there's got to be an investigation and they're going to do all those things. They don't need you telling them. Okay. It's going to have to be. And do you really think if they show, they're never, these are the kind of people that are scared of their own shadow. They live in their parents' basements or attics. They don't come out to see the light of fucking day. That's all they do is podcast or, or they tweet 90,000 times a day. They, they, they're, they're going to be scared. They're not going to play. Okay. They're not going to go put money. They're not going to trust that it's real. You know, they're afraid of everything, you know, so fine. Stay home, take no risks. Have no fun, spend no money, <laughs> give nothing back to society. Who that that's the kind of people you are. Be that way. Okay? Mike, I'm not Mike, that people. They're not. I know you, you don't I know you don't like when support? I why is when I, have, I know you don't like when I have my own thoughts, but I'd like to answer a question you asked. You asked if I was living under a rock. And um no, I'm actually in the Midwest. If I was living under Iraq, I'd be in Saudi Arabia. So uh Midwest, not under Iraq. Oh, um, love your thoughts so far. Just wanted to answer. Can, is there going to be any post show editing for that for this whole thing? Is this stuff going to come out later? Either we 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 need Frank to be you here to bring do that Frank. Editing. If there's right? no Frank, there's no editing. Yeah, no Frank for no anything. Right. Yeah. I wasn't no, talking I think, about. No, this, we're not editing oh, this. This, this is this is all fantastic. But I think we need to get into some of the specific things people said because you went into your global statement way quicker than I thought you would. Um, okay. Well, like my global statement to be to my position, the official. You know, I, I should just. I have to do an MTM news report, right? And I. And I and I am gonna and I am gonna do it and I'm gonna it's, it's been a long time but I'm due I'm due to do a top ten and I really should do the top ten I'm gonna do a top ten list on the top ten excuses that Derek gave uh, when he was caught uh, doing what he's doing that'll be my that'll be my next top ten list you know too I know it's gonna be too soon but you know what why the hell not you know get it go go so that'll be one I'm sure that'll be a, a popular one I'm gonna do that as well get some entertainment value out of this as well Jesus too Christ. but the official position is yes you should play yes there you go. The, the, uh, the son of a bitch what, stole your idea, David Letterman. Yeah, I know he stole my idea. Yeah, I have a book me. here. It says top ten. Anyway. Is you're showering? Yeah, now he's showering. Yeah. There's yeah, a now book in your shower. Now he's flushing. See on this way, he's flushing. He's flushing. What the fuck? <laughs> I swear to God, this is what I got to look at. So, um, you know, the, the official position is, I guess, yeah, you can play. You know, the NFBC. You're gonna be okay, and I'm sure. Like you said, they're they're going to be like, watch like hawks. There's a risk, now. There's a risk at any platform, and NFPC franchise. There, there could be shit going on. You got a risk. You got a risk when you put your credit card online. You got a risk when you do anything all the time. You know, it didn't happen to you. Your money wasn't lost. You know, nothing was compromised on your end or whatever. It hasn't been, right? So, so you don't need to. You don't need to be like the moral police for all of society. There's, I guess, everywhere you go, it kills me that these these people want to, you know, wave the morality flag and wave whatever. And, uh, you know, and then, and of course, you know, they give a pass to, you know, we're, 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 let's not minimize anything that Derek did. We're not minimizing that at all. Right. But I, I just, I would like to ask people like that, that don't trust this organization. And I, and I like to say, do you go, do you have any of you take medications? 
Is there anybody here that takes medications, right? On a regular basis. Zach, I don't know. Do you take any medication on a regular basis for anything, Zach? No. You know, nothing? You sure? Yeah. No, you don't take any you know, ED medication, nothing? You're good? No, so, I'm good. Okay. I take a lot of medication. Okay. I you know why. Doctor, he, he probably prescribes medication. Seth, Seth, do you take any medication or anything in particular? You don't say we don't say what condition. Do you take medication on a regular basis or anything? Caffeine. That's it. Caffeine. I'm old. Russ, do you take any medication or anything in particular? Nothing. See, this is what happens. We get to be my no matter how, what kind of shape you're in, okay, there's a medication you have to you have to be on. All right. So if you have to take a medication, if anybody's out there taking a medication that's out there, you put blind every time you put that in your mouth, you, you put blind trust into one of the most corrupt enterprises in, in human history. Do you understand the pharmaceutical industry is the most corrupt, you know, illegal, they do the more illegal corrupt shit, okay? At, at the cost of millions of lives every year in this country. If you're not, I don't know who else is, who else is in Canada, but the Americans here understand what I'm talking about, okay? That, that's what millions of lives every year, and just, they just pay the fines, you know, whatever. Sorry about that. We should have maybe done more testing on that thing. And you put this stuff in your system and you just say, hey, well, I'm going to put my blind trust in this whole thing. And you don't even question it, right? So yes, there's risk in everything, right? It happens. It's unfortunate this shit went down. But you know what? Like you said, you move forward. You know, everybody's going to make their own decisions. But for the most part, this will pass. It'll get, it'll get the ship will be righted and we'll all be all doing our thing, right? So I don't, what, Russ, what, what, Russ, Russ has to go. What, what, Russ has to go to bed. His wife's probably wants. He's probably wondering why she's on so long. You can tell him that you actually met the man tonight, Russ, in person, which is great to be. But it is really good. And all, all kidding aside, Russ, it is really good to meet you in person and put a face to the name from all these years and all the drafts we've done together. Thank you. I'll let her know to listen to the pod so she can get to know you better. All right. Well, yeah, she she really want to hear this one. So, uh, so uh, yeah. So, Russ, are you going to be in Vegas, Russ, or no? I don't think so. He's he's not spending any money in NBC anymore. <laughs> Mike, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas will go on, right? I've already bought two mains. I'm still going to draft them both. I jumped in a 400 DC today. I'm still playing. There right, you go. That's what I like to hear, Russ. Good man. All right. Good man. All right. So, good. Take care of yourself. So, so um, but I do, I do want to say, and I brought this up before, is like Rasball keeps fucking shitting on the cheating thing and just for no reason like everyone knows it's happening they're not giving any new information they're just fucking victory lapping the cheating yet they use the nfbc platform for the rasball and rest like, no shit Derek, no Derek, shit Derek puts that he forget forget what he did but forget what is happening now but he worked hard um putting all that in inputting all that shit he spent hours on that for nothing it's a zero money league and here here's another one that we were going to mention rasball Let's mention my favorite. Let's mention everybody's industry favorite league in the whole wide world. Let's mention the TGFBI. Okay. Another freebie that they get to use the platform. They all go on there and they're all industry guys, right? And they're all using the platform to, you know, you know, to, you know, basically, you know, you know, do a big circle jerk on the industry and they all do their drafts. And that's where they go on and do it on that platform. Okay. So you know what? Since Raz Ball, since Rudy and all, is Rudy doing this or is this Gray? Who's, who's doing this? Not Rudy? Gray. It's Gray, not Rudy. Gray. So Gray, is he goes to the parties in Vegas, shows up there, doing main events, doing these, all of a sudden now, that's it, right? So I hope you don't, yeah, don't show done. up anymore. I hope you're done. I, I don't because you know what? You can, right? You're done. Don't come yeah. anymore. That's right. It's finished. No, never to appear again. 
until well, get, until we prove everything's safe, so. it's all proven to his liking that everything's good. So he's protecting everybody else right now. In the meantime, oh, he'll right? be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Like as soon as like, oh, now it's all it's all better now. I just wanted to complain and fucking virtue single for a bit and a couple of days, and once it's back to normal, he'll be fine. Not at my party, you won't. So, is it your party? What? I thought it was the NFBC party. I don't know. Is it? It's still. Is it still the Mike the Mouth? Look, anything you 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 understand that the if anything's branded with MTM on it, it's mine too. So right. So there's MTM Vegas party, NFBC party, the MTM Ultimate. Have you filmed? Have you filmed the Ultimate yet? My Ultimate journey. Yeah. I again. What? This would be my third high stakes league. I filled. Right. I filled a super. I filled an entire Ultimate. Now I have another ultimate. I'm with almost you know close to filling. I'm a, I'm a couple of guys short that I'm working on. Because yeah, you know I'm not. So I'm, you I'm filled the, the one at your at your estate. Yeah, I've not filled the one at my estate. The one at the MTM Ultimates in his 13th year. I'm trying to get the rest of the people, uh, you know, to fill it out. So I got a couple people more in the works. It's almost there. I think with some pushing. But I was just you know put it. I was going to put it up on the boards and initiate the fan. But you know I'm, it's, I got several weeks. I think I'll be able to pull it off in the end. You know, but I go, you know, to, to get 15 live competitors to put that kind of money up and travel out here. I got three people flying in here from across the country to get for this draft, just for this draft. Take your time just to fly in, be here live. Give them a lot of credit. Dan Sampson is going to be here. Eric Albright's coming in from here, coming into the draft, flying in. And Preface is coming in for the draft live, draft live here in Jersey. So you thought, uh, did Tom, did Tom get in? Tom who? The guy oh, that I, Tom. I spoke to Tom. I spoke to Tom. And I used to say his last name, good, nice guy and everything else. He said, I'm 75% in. And then he said, all I got to do is make sure you're clear with the, talk to the wife. Of course, he talks to the wife and she tech, he texts me back. His wife called him a fucking moron uh, because he said that she forgot his schedule, that he had, he had to be doing something that day or something like that. So oh, he was okay. he was on board. He was on board to coming. He would have been in, but. He just needed a divorce. So. He just needed, yeah. Right. That's why I got the first one out of the way. So now I'm, I'm free and clear to do what I got to do. Because by the time you have a second marriage, you can do whatever you want. It's great. Perfect. You gotta do so right. seth what do you think about mike what, what do you think about mike here did you did, did you um is he everything that everything you wanted and more you glad you stayed on for the, the finale it's well worth my time <laughs> you can tell by the level of enthusiasm that seth is showing right now that this was the highlight of his entire month <laughs> it's a good january yeah. now and I, i'm never I'm still never gonna have a cell number any draft forever and he's never gonna he's never gonna tolerate that never allowed to happen so First, first thing that Zach does to me, he texts me, "Hey, do you have Willis's number?" Like I, he wanted me to have Bradley Willis's phone number, which I don't have. I don't have it. So I, I have a lot of phone numbers. Has he been his. in? Has he been in any of your uh, fast drafts? The first league, the first league we did this year, the, the first. Yeah, I know, but that wasn't one of your fast drafts. That was just a publicly posted thing. No, that was fast run. We did a fair. Was that? Was that was the one we did? Uh, early, the first one. So how did he get? So how did he get in that one? Uh, because I got because I guess Derek got into it with did it was doing the draft for him. I don't know. So yeah, that's that's why I asked you the fucking number because I wanted to see if you'd slip up. Because I'm yeah. saying if, if 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 you if you didn't have his number, which you said you didn't, then how else is he getting these drafts? Because he because he signed up for it. You know, I know. Was, I guess because it was on the boards. When he, I guess because I put it on the boards and we had most of the people, and then a couple of people jumped in in the end. That was what it was. He filtered it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't so have like, his number. I didn't like, have his I'm, number. I'm like, is, is Willis getting in these MTM fast shots? Because MTM just cherry picks the people he wants. That was the first. That Obviously. was the first one that no, because the way the site is now, because you just he, Derek wasn't like you can't, you know, get all the names and put them all at one time. 
and suddenly get to post the link and so yeah it's not fair it's, it's disingenuous the content you can't just cherry pick, pick 14 other people i know say, we, we know that that's what you, that was like exactly the whole when you jumped in when you shouldn't have jumped in either. yeah you know what the league that i jumped in where you were trying to, so seth mike texted me he's like don't come in this league i'm got this mike mouth slow draft i've, I've got i've got it all filled I mean, he's cherry picked all these people that he wants in this overall <laughs> I, think, I didn't cherry and pick then, anybody derek, 15 thankfully 15 derek puts it on the boards and then you're you're waiting for all these numb nuts just to like fucking sign up for this league that they said they're going to sign up for, and then it's like twelve full. I'm like fuck this guy. I'm feel I'm I'm joining this draft. This draft was the fucking biggest joke ever. You uh, look. I'm looking back at this draft. I'm like I'm so glad I joined your Mike the Mouth slow draft slow or fast draft cherry picked league because I got Henry Davis in round twenty eight in that draft. You were you were a genius man for that. Genius. Just as an ex- what else what else happened in that draft? That, what, what, what else happened in that draft? We had we had fourteen people in it, and you you douched the last guy out. That's what you, that happened. It wasn't because I was handpicking guys like oh we how many drafts do I call you want to be in and, and you come in. Now, it was okay when I handpick you to be in the draft, but nobody else, right? That's okay. Every fast draft I do, I, I put a I, I put a it should, it should be in the, every draft should be in the lobby. Yeah, they are in the lobby. They are in the lobby. I just, yeah, I that one was the lobby. That's that's why I was. I don't want to any get Deadwood. I don't care about the players. I just don't want any Deadwood in my drafts that are dragging the whole damn thing down. It's like this draft. We had a two-hour clock, and it's like people and, and one hour clock, and it's going slower than the two hour. I don't have that kind of time. My my, I don't have that many. How many years do I have left? Yeah, my age. You know, I have no time to sit around and watch grass grow. I need these drafts to happen quickly. I can't wait forever. Seth's got all the time. Seth's like thirty years old. He's got all his old time in the world. If, if he's at, that's, if he's even thirty, that's like that's a good compliment. Thank you. Okay, so let, let's. I'll show you this draft. Okay, maybe, me, maybe well, I was male male pattern pattern baldness at a young age. I don't know what it is. Some people, <laughs> I'm sort of, unfortunately, some people are like that. You know, it could happen. It could be the case, right? How old? Are, how old are you, Seth? I turned forty this year. I oh, will turn forty. Woo, it's almost dead. Yeah. That's forty. All right, look at look look. For, for, forget that for a second. Look at this. This is this is a draft that I did with Mike. This is apparently non cherry picked, like normal league. You got Mike Mark Kiefer batting first. You got Mike in the sixth spot. Look, look at look at this. Look who I got round twenty four. Your your boy in round twenty four. Okay, round JP Crawford in round twenty three. People were taking Bryce Tarang over JP Crawford. You're taking. This I got man, Mitch. This man I got, got Mitch Garber man, in round. By the I way, Mitch Garber man, in round seventeen. Seth, this is the man that's got Joey Dell on his roster talking shit. All right, that's the guy who's talking. Uh, Look at, he, he made a good pick there. Yeah, it's not. A, this is not a normal. Like Seth, is this a normal draft? Yes or no? When was this draft? It was early, like October. Yeah, it was, it was early on. The season barely was over. But of course, people. There's no. No, 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 no. Sorry, no. This was November. This was November. I mean, I did a draft on Christmas, and it's not that far off. But yeah, you have some. Some nice picture. I want to know why you didn't take I can't Davis. Even see the pictures, the screens in front of it. I can't even see what you picked. Why well, didn't take so Davis great. earlier? First yeah, why did you take what was wrong with round 27? You didn't take I know. I, well. The thing is, the new, uh, yeah, you're right. Who did I take? I took well, I took Amad Rosario in round 27. He should never be there either. Okay, like, well, why, where, why, where, where, why is Amad Rosario, Rosario in round 27? Sir Robert Stevenson in round 26, Chris Paddock in round 24, JP Crawford in round 23. That's why. Yeah, okay. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the earth-shattering pick that you made. It's like so amazing. Meanwhile, this is coming from a guy who drafted Otani in the first round. Right there, right? Trey Turner in round two. Okay. There you go. That's... All right. Fine. 
Okay, I understand that that may be a value pick. What, what, what is so great? What, what is the earth shattering great pick of having Otani around? You know, you, you, you're so certain he's going to be the normal Otani who can't pitch, right? And he's going to be okay. I told you fine. it was a mistake no to take him. I, I admitted the mistake. We already talked about and, his and, heart, he, so and he signed a half a billion dollar contract of that, too. Yeah, he he's going to, I'm telling you, this, this year it's going to be. For a, a bust for Otani, I don't say he's going to be a bust for Otani. It's like, okay, now he's going to be human. But the fact is, he's a DH. He can't pitch anymore. And he's coming off that major uh, Tommy John surgery, right? And how much better of a hitter is he than Bryce Harper? So compared to comparatively, how much better of a hitter is he than Bryce Harper? Is he that much better than Bryce Harper? I don't even know. I don't have the metrics in front of me. But if I ask, ask Trek, if you put Bryce Harper as a hitter next to Otani, is, is Otani that much better hitter? They are they pretty much the same. Okay. Look at Bryce Harper coming back from Tommy John surgery, right? Took him a while, warm up or whatever. So if people think he's going to bounce right back in the field and be in a, in a new team, right? That's about half a billion dollar contract and coming off that surgery, everything's going to be great. He's going to run a lot. He's going to do all these things. And you're, and you're just, people just jumping all over him. Why? Of all years not to touch Otani, this is the year not to touch Otani. It, it, just, it just is. Okay. It's not like you're taking him at, at round four. Oh, okay, what a great game. You're taking him full value right now. I mean, other than the three few picks. Okay. Right? You want you want to take less, you you hear what take less risk, right? Don't you? I mean, in the, in the from your first few picks. I mean, that's the idea, right? But whatever. You may, well, maybe maybe he'll use him as, as a pitcher, Mike. Huh? <laughs> yo, yo, yo. So Seth's cracking up. I don't know if you've seen the same thing. Let's look at your team, Mike. Hmm, round 19. Let's take less risk. Round 19, Paul Skeens. <laughs> could break the team. He could break he could break the league. He throws he, fucking just, six innings. Dude, dude, this is before. This is and, before. This is before, right? We you know in the early, early speculation, right? We're going out there and throwing be, out there. This is before that, like we only get this is before people other than just prospect horrors were in these drafts drafting him. And like, yeah, the dust has settled. Now he's going like in round 25, 26. So there's a lot of guys. There's a lot Nothing's of guys. happened. It's just people have gotten smarter. I don't think, I'm looking at my draft, and this is before, obviously, what, what's his face? And even Cano, because that Cano was around. That was before they signed Kimbrell. But, you know. Yeah, I'll give you a pass does on that. Anybody? Does anybody here think that Craig Kimbrell is going to be fine the whole year and he's not going to have but his usual implosions for a period of time? There's, there's no way that Craig Kimball at his age is going to go Are you the defending your round 12 Cano pick right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, just saying, like, what's people know, even now, Cano, is that, is that what you're trying Cano, to do? I just got Cano in the 30 something round, almost 30 round of this of the draft I'm in right now. It's right, really, right. Yander Cano is now a 30 something round pick. Really? Because because Craig, Craig Kimball is, is there on that team? You know, I mean, give me a break. So this well, team, I will take yeah. this team and go to war with this team with the first, let me see, the first 17 picks of this league. All right. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with the pick of the 17th pick? Pepio in the 13th round is a terrible pick. You know, Ketel Marte, Christian. I go to war with any of these people that are on here. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying you have a terrible team. I'm just saying that you're telling me that I'm like. Is this a terrible team? Set? Is this a Paul terrible Steen team? Round 19. It's a okay. good team. We can pick, we can cherry pick anybody to stupid pick. I'd rather have a yeah. Paul Skeens is a bad pick, you know, in round 19 than Otani in round one. Okay, that's that's fair. That's your opinion, but that's fair. Everybody, everybody makes everybody everybody picks guys that are not. You look back on now and go, you know, okay, is Buxton a great pick in round eight? Really, is that great? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, like so, that's a really good pick because I already have a utility player, so I should have taken definitely taken Buxton there. 
Yeah, really great. Yeah, I, I, asked you, I asked you that too at the end of the draft. Did you realize you had this many but utility players? That was good. Yeah, it's really. I, I like to have. I filled my second. Great. I filled my second utility spot. That's great. So, so that he he calls us up to prove what a great draft he has, and we end up showing. <laughs> he end up he end up proving the point that I'm making that his draft was shit. If, I, I, if Seth look, looking at these teams side by side, I guarantee Seth would probably rather have my team than your. Oh team. no, no chance. No way. No chance. I can't see the second half of the draft. Is this a gladiator? Yeah, yeah, Andy, Andy's gonna, yeah, Andy's okay. gonna 30 again. Yeah, okay. Okay. But the Let's box, is, the box is over the screen. I can't even see it's blocked, and the box is the, is blocking the screen. So I can't even see your team. So can you see it now? No, I can see not all I can see is our box is minimized over the thing. We can figure it out, I'm sure. Can drag drag the the screen sideways, it makes the faces smaller. You want to actually have some decent kind of contribution for the entire ones for the night here. So yeah, I'm handling IT. Rick's Rick's on uh, leave right now. Can you see now? Well, you know, we, your, your team is covered by the box. Whatever. Go ahead. My team is covered by the box. What about now? I, I love a ton of I love a ton of my late round picks in this league. So. Can you see now? <clears throat> yeah. That's better. So, Seth, Seth, Seth's looking to show. Let, let Seth see your whole, uh, your amazing team that you, that Johan Aviedo pick was great. You just huh. picked him there. It was good you grabbed, jumped on him. He'll do. He'll put some good numbers up for you this year. So it'll be good. Just like, just like, uh, you know, most of these guys you pick late. So, I like those. I like Deluca. I like Will Smith. That was a. Oh V. Do I have that there? Yeah. Yeah. Do I have Will Smith on the team? Or do you, who has, do, who, do yeah, I have you, you have Will Smith, yeah. I have, that's what, yeah. It's comes a round 35 closer. Come out, come out today, so he's going to be the closer. So that's not yeah. a bad thing. Come James, a hero. James, James Paxson in a round 32. Is that, that I mean, yeah. that now going to be starting pitcher? You got Foley. We were talking about him. You got okay. a, a sex pick there in uh, round 39, Dylan Cruz. Look at the Jose Caballero. Look at the Jose Caballero. Like, what he, you know, what he, he was sitting on him. That was like a throw in there. And look what it looked like. Round 48. He could be the super utility guy. Play a lot of games for uh, Tampa Bay. That James Paxton pick is actually pretty nice now. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, Kiefer's Rich Hill, Daniel Bard pair. I'm trying oh, to. Again, Rich Hill. Think again, what year. This draft about, took place about, in. Talk about two guys. So you, let me ask you, if you, if you're intrigued by his round 4950, Rich Hill, Daniel Bard, are you intrigued by his round 27, Eric Lauer? That's another great pick. Yeah, brilliant. That's brilliant. an interesting one. My 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 favorite league's got to be the league I'm in right now, drafting with Eno Saris. The, the the pitching the pitching guru, you know, and he's drafting the pitchers. Like these are the pitchers you've been shitting or or or, or actually, or, and you're drafting them. These are, these are the shittiest pitchers. He, the only two good pitchers I like that he picked. He picked. You got you got Yuri Perez and uh, who was the other two? The the two um, guys back to back. The two uh, ace guys around that time. Back because they didn't take it. it was Yuri and someone else. And I'm like, you know, the, 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 Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah, he got yeah. Grayson Rodriguez and Yuri. After that, look at some of these pitches he's taking. Like, what are you doing? It's like, what are you taking? You're supposed to be the, the stuff plus master pitch guy and put together a great a great pitching staff. Is that a great pitching staff? So, 
very young. Yeah. I said, look at the amazing pitching staff I put together. Late, not even drafting five, four, how many hitters first? Look at those pitchers. Are you going to get a second catcher? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I have Davis going to be a catcher. I got Henry. Oh, Davis. yeah, that's right. I didn't see that here. Not that, not that you uh, ever looked weak before, but you're looking stronger now. Are you going to the gym more? Uh, no, I was, I'm just there's no, I'm just naturally jacked, man. That's the thing. So yeah. train. So keep my try, keep my training in. So, but uh, yeah, I, I I love this pitching staff in this league a lot. So a lot of, a lot of high upside arms, a lot of good talent in the team. So and I got a strong strong start to this league too. Killer start. What are my first? What am I? I got the three spot. What are my first hitters in this? Side? I don't have the draft board up in front of me. Is Jeff still drafting now? He got hired today. He no, he's not uh, drafting. Uh, that's D. Pietro's with the team over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Another scandal. Another scandal because we can't have Crabatula. He bought those teams, taking over those. Yeah, that's another brilliant idea. I love that idea. Okay, we should all those leagues should be shit canned and redrafted. Well, if you this is this is another jackass statement from someone who's never owned a company that's right you you, you basically because one fuck up per way you're going to inconvenience hundreds of customers that's what you're going to you're going to fuck over all these customers that paid good money to be in the because of that because of that really that makes more sense no you jackass you leave the things as you are and you do a workaround you know those are just dc leagues put someone in there or they draft whatever leagues and someone they drafted them right and let someone take them over and let them pay What's the big deal? That's the end of the world, you know. You're gonna, you're gonna upset and piss off, and they, like you said, in the message board. I'm open to any ideas. No ideas. So Greg, Greg is not the other guy. Greg, whatever his name, Greg, whatever his name is, is not going to be doing any more leagues. Okay, I like Greg. Greg's been on my. I, I had a lot of leagues with him. I guess you're not playing this year for whatever reason, because of that. Because you didn't like the fact that those teams couldn't be left dead. Would you want to be in a league, Seth? I don't know, Seth. Call me crazy. Would you want to be in a league when there's four? It's a fourteen-team league now because the team's been left dead because we just leave it that way. It's not going to fly too well. Everybody else doing that. Not okay. I want. I know at least someone at least setting the lineups. Be doing that. Uh, and it's in there. So I mean, I mean, again, but common sense is needed because these people are not business people. They don't. They don't understand it. So. But, yeah, uh, that would ruin the integrity of the overall contest for all the leagues that were 15 teams. That's one of the most idiotic. That's ideas okay, though. Heard. That's 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 okay. It's not a problem. You know, <laughs> okay, Willis was in a bunch as... of gladiators. What are we going to do about that? Who's going to take over his gladiator teams? Who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those gladiator teams, too. Did, did Willis have a lot of gladiator teams? Don't forget about that. He's got a bunch, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have, didn't grab one gladiator team. So, uh, but uh, who's, who's this draft on right now? In this in our league that we have here, this is great. This is great podcasting. I just got Wahlberg over here. Don't you owe him some money? I already gave him money. So? Oh, good. So, yeah, I put I I jack up classic MTM move. I put it. This guy every time he's on the clock, it's a one hour clock minimum. 20, 25, 30 minutes shows up. Whatever doesn't do anything. I put in the chat. Hey, Jason, I'll give you ten bucks. I'll, I'll Venmo you ten bucks if you make your pick <laughs> in under ten minutes. And sure as shit. He happens to come in five minutes, makes the pick. So, so he puts his, <laughs> he puts his he puts his Venmo in there. I I sent him ten bucks. So that's amazing. So I, I just did it for him. So and he's like, haha, thanks, Mike. Thanks, whatever. And then he and then he and then he proceeds the next pick to go forty something minutes or whatever with and the wraparound pick and just disappear. You know, you could have made amazing. another ten bucks. Just make the goddamn pick. You know, I great. I need 
I need to start teaching draft classes. I'm going to start doing this at the beginning of every year with all the with all the new NAPC players. That before they draft they their first draft, there should be a draft orientation meeting. See, if I own the company, this is a constructive solution, right, Seth? Anybody who signs up like this guy for the first time has to sit through draft orientation and etiquette class, you know, how to do these GCs to do the ball, right? I was a main instigator of, of, of eliminating, and I had to convince Greg and Tom to get rid of the eight-hour DCs. I said, what are you doing, okay? You're, said, you're my savior. I, that said, that changed my life when you did that. Yeah, I, I said, and I, I and and the compromise. Okay, we'll do a four-hour one. That was a big. That was a big. They were all four hours. They, that was the next step, right? And then I kept pushing for the the fast DCs and bringing to two hours and whatnot. And sure enough, right? And now we are where we are today. So the different options. But I just, I just, I don't know how anybody could spare one league for a month, especially DC. I mean, I don't care what money's involved. It makes zero sense. It's just bad business all around. No well, one maybe there was the was that when uh, cell phones didn't have uh, you know essentially a computer in your pocket. I, no, I, it, it, it probably was. Back so like maybe people were at work or whatever and they wanted the eight hours. Blah blah blah. Yeah, well, but that's why that's what. But but you could message people, which is what we did back in the day. We were messaging people through. You could still get messages, you know, on the phones, and uh, that that worked. So we had that. All right, guys. I think I think we're gonna end this off here. Oh, well, that, that's the oh. end of it. So you know, so let's, let's just make sure we all cut it all. Jerry off. Springer, yeah, final final thoughts. Jerry Springer. Yeah, let me. Who's Jerry Springer? You. Uh, oh, I'm now Jerry Springer now. That's that. Well, that's I mean, the, yeah, I'm the, giving the, you. The you, company. Company. you I did you the favor. I come home. I have a long day. Company here. I get in. It's. I come in on this damn show at midnight tonight. Right. This is a good and thing. I'm no, giving you. I'm giving you a, a platform to do a final thought. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing, man. If I didn't have a platform, no one know about me. I, and I'm glad. I'm glad I'm on the platform here. But uh, yeah. we we found out a lot of a lot of revelations. We found that that you know that Russell's wife, you know, wanted to know why I sent that that uh, dancing dildo gif to make him pick one day. We found out that Bjorn likes to shit in the bathroom while he's on these pods. And we found out that poor Seth, you know, you know, he looks like he's thirty, but he has he's the, the male the male the balding makes him look like he's older, even though he's not. He's 40 years old. So we know that now. I, I found that out as well, too. So I, I, and he still will never give me a cell phone. So I, I will give you my cell phone. You yeah. won't need it, but I will give it to I you. I will never need it. But, but I, but I, it's just, it just has to, I just, you never know, Seth. You never know when it's going to come up to do that. But right? The software could break. My auto could get turned off automatically. You never know. It could be a glitch in the system. You're not on auto anymore. This happened before. You knocked off auto. It's happened before and no way of reaching you, you know? So never know. So, but uh, anyway, well, I'll be working on my next my next big thing is like I said before I got to put out a news report I got to put out a top ten list so if you're listening look for that that's out there and uh, I got to do uh, fill up the MTM Ultimate live in New Jersey so I gotta make the big push uh, to do that and uh, round out the last people that are out there, that are out there I think I'm at twelve right now I th- yeah. I think that might be your your most popular top ten list to date which one the one you're gonna do. About Derek, yeah, top ten. Excuse yeah. yeah, that'll that'll be really. Perfect. Yeah, then you're gonna have all the people that you fucking ripped on love it. Yeah, because yeah. No, 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 they're gonna complain. Oh, yeah, I I want to hear one of those guys complain that it was saw too soon. The poor guy, you know, whatever. <laughs> they just you know, have to complain. It's like it's, it's like it's like when 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 Graham Attila put on that that someone made a, the the fake screenshot of the burner account for Derek's new Twitter account. <laughs> That was hysterical. Whoever did that was great. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. A for creativity on that one. Whoever did Someone that. created that parody account. It tweeted like 40 times today or something. Yeah. Good. 
but uh, still trying to figure out. Do we do we find out the mystery? There's the, the new account that's out there uh, with the uh, that I asked you about that uh, Chet guy. Exactly. Do we do any new investigation? Who's that guy? We are we are investigating that. Okay. It's Seth. Nothing He's Chet Sloat. We found it out today, right? It's, it's, it's I have no involvement in any of these NFBC conspiracies. <laughs> How many years have you been playing in the NFBC, Chet? Uh, Steph? Chet. Chet. Oh, <laughs> Freudian slip. So, uh, yeah, it was probably 2009, and I had to take two years off. And then uh, I think I re probably rejoined in like 2012. So long time. You did a couple of years in, in the in the pen. Came out. Did you time? No, no I was to... helping. I was helping run it. I remember. I don't think he particularly liked the company that was running it, but I worked for them. Oh yeah, in St. Louis, got... Fanball when they bought it. Oh, 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 you're a Fanball guy. Well, I wish I forget it. Don't give me your cell number. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding there, Seth. That's kidding there, man. This guy there too. So, all right, boys. I'm gonna wrap this up and get everyone to go. Back <laughs> all right, boy. Well, thanks for Thank you for all thank all your listeners for listening to this pod and uh more to more good in uh NFBC and uh, MTM stuff to come. So uh all right. Thank, thanks, Seth. Thanks, uh MTM Bjorn. Peace out, boys. Word to your mother. Yo, I was just supposed to shut this down. Govier's coming in. Yo, what's up, buddy? We're talking about all these players and you missed the whole thing. We're talking about Kerstad, Heston Kerstad for a bit. Um, but we we're not sure if he was gonna be utility only or if he was gonna get position um eligibility during the season i'm not trying to make any assumptions or lock in any permanent labels on anybody involved okay well it's kind of like a fact he played six games at dh and four in the outfield so he's going to be utility only until um he gets um eligibility next year so you're you're going to be drafting him as a utility um sorry if that surprises you it's really just the most stunning news I've heard in a long time for my life and how I operate within the fantasy baseball community. It's a big deal and I'll wait and see where this thing goes, but I just wanted to jump on and say, I'm just so stunned and that it's completely fair to at least be skeptical and wonder what else may or may not have gone on. And that's going to take time. we we'll just have to watch that play out, be patient. But for now, this is, <laughs> this is definitely one of the more surprising things I've heard in the last couple of years and starts 2024 off with a uh, bittersweet thing, I suppose. Mike, he could gain outfield eligibility next year pretty quickly. Um, he's just got to play. He's just got to play well. And um, you know what? He had a 37.5% O swing, which is kind of good. Like you, you've heard of O swing, right? It's a colloquial term that's been used for a long time. Not a biggest deal. I don't want to die in the hill right now, but just mentioning it. I'd, I'd love to get that term out of uh, anything having to do with, human beings in their decision-making uh, set, if you will. Mike, it's just O-swing. It's like, it's just a baseball stat. Um, okay. Before you go, I just need you to get your thoughts on one last thing. Um, sort of controversial, but are you drafting Trevor Bauer? Like, what are your thoughts on Trevor Bauer? It's clearly a decision he made, which he'll regret for the rest of his life. At the same time, he deserves... I think to have a chance to redeem himself and try to enjoy what he's got for the rest of his life. You know, he's every person deserves that opportunity. I don't like, I'm all about second chances. I'm a big time second chances guy. I always have been. I always will be. And that's how I feel about it. I'm not excusing his behavior. I've not said that at all. So don't come at me with that. 
You know, these words speak for themselves. Yo, Mike, you know that we're, we're live now and all the people can hear us? No idea. No clue. I feel like shit right now. I just feel shitty, you know? And I didn't even do anything wrong. I'm, I'm not a bad guy trying to hurt people, but I feel like shit. Because this situation is shitty. It sucks. It just fucking sucks. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's not going to get any better tonight or tomorrow either. Me coming on here and bitching about it is not going to change anything either. But I feel a little bit better just getting it out right now and saying this is a shitty feeling. And I, for so many reasons, there's so many opinions and scenarios and uh, areas where you can talk and go in the Discord. You go in the Twitter DMs. It doesn't matter. You can be on the podcast talking about it. It's just all over the place. All over the place. Maybe this is a this is a good indication. I need to like step away and just chill because this thing is getting it's getting me too up in my feelings, right? And I need I just feel bad, man. I feel really bad.